Hello, everyone. Welcome to Sportsline. My name is Jonathan Clare, being joined by Damian Ritchie. Damian, it's been a few months since our last show, and mm, a 17 lot. months. Yeah, uh, thankfully not as long, but it's, it certainly yeah. seemed like it with all the stuff that's going on in the world of sports and politics and other everything else. Fish. Fish, yes. We had a good conversation about fish earlier. I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit more here tonight, too. Um, so w- where would you like to start? Do you want to start with sports? Do you want to start with politics? Do you want to st- start with fish? Do you want to start with Thanksgiving? Um, well, I think I think it's obvious in the world of sports to start off with the Women's Rugby League. Okay, go right ahead. I saw a picture of a girl that had a broken nose, and she continued the game to the end. Okay. And it just made me look at baseball players very differently. <laughs> and you know what? And even soccer players. Because, like, in NBA players, you feign injury, you know? Felger and Maz today were talking about Marcus Smart and how every time he's oh, on defense, yeah. it's just like die, he's a die, yeah, die, flop. That's, I'm sorry, that's, not die, flop. I, I, I will say this. By the time our children are our age, the NBA will become what, like, professional soccer is now. Now, the NHL has a, a Which rule. Is on the side of a hill. Oh, man, that was... <laughs> But you can edit that out later. <laughs> <laughs> the sorry if anybody lost loved one in that crash. Yeah, um, the NHL has a rule against <laughs> flopping, right? The NHL, yeah. Oh like, yeah, like you they'll can't, call you. Like, yeah. hey fella, that's uh, that's flopping there. Yeah. So does the NBA have something similar or not? I, I or be- maybe they're going to adopt? No, something? I believe the NBA does have a flopping, a specific flopping um, penalty. With you know, they also have like. You can't take more than two steps. They have traveling, but who calls it? Yeah, Yeah. nobody calls that either. Um, So I know that they do have a flopping thing. I just I can't really remember them really cracking down and calling it, unless it's going for LeBron in some way, shape, or form. Right, right. Well, that's the other thing too is they're not going to call something like that on their star players either. You know, LeBron's never going to get a flopping call. But somebody, but when he drives an elbow into somebody's nose. Right, they'll get the flop call. But Sidney Crosby, that girl rugby player. <laughs> but Sidney Crosby would get called for a penalty in the NHL. Yeah, I think that's the one difference. The NHL. PK PK Subban um, has been called for numerous times. He's he's a big flopper, like trying to get the advantage. And I think because the NHL does not want that at no. all. But it's like, and I think it doesn't matter in the NHL. Like stars don't necessarily get calls, if you will, like in the NBA. Now, obviously, it's, it's two different things where there's little ticky-tack fouls in the NBA, and if you got hit at any point, it's, it's a foul. Whereas in the NHL, it's a lot different. But, mm-hmm. you know, Sidney Crosby and P.K. Subban and, you know, Connor McDavid are no different than, you know, the last guy off the bench on the on the fourth line. Though I, I feel behind closed doors, if you watch an NHL game, I feel that the, that the stud players, the money makers for the league – don't get treated the same by the players of the opposing team the same as the last guy on the bench. That they do, yeah. they do lay off them physically, and it's not, and it's not because of like a goon because that, that's done with and over. Where like if you give a guy a cheap shot, now someone's going to come put your teeth all over the ice. Right, but I mean, there's still a retaliation, if you will. I mean, it's not like it was in yeah. the 70s or 80s. Yeah, there's still, yeah, I, I mean, mean it's, there's still a price to be paid, if you will, in the NHL. Yeah. Again, again, it's not as... A pound of flesh like a merchant of Venice yeah. who wants his revenge. It, it's not as um, 
severe or I don't know what the, the right word might be as it w- used to be, but you still know, I, all right, if I take out Sidney Crosby on a somewhat Someone's cheap shot. Say like, hey, fella, that was bad. Yeah, and then, but you're going <laughs> to usually have to come around and pay for it. And it might not be that game, but you know, you're going to be looking around and knowing that something's going to happen to you most likely. Yeah, I, I still feel that that's, I don't know, I feel like that's, it's not even what what a, what that used to be like four or five years ago. No, no probably not. Like if I not. was in the NHL now, and I was you know, make make me twenty four again, and I could be in the NHL, I'd be a jerk. <laughs> I'd, I'd you know I'll elbow Sidney Crosby in the head, and then when someone says something, I'll be like, "You're next," because you're not going to do anything. Yeah, but then and, but then I'll be out of the league. <laughs> well, yeah, but then it would also come back on your top player too. So I think that's one of those things. It's like the mutual respect. That, like, all right, we're not gonna we're not gonna attack take Sidney Crosby that's as the, long as you don't attack our top player. In a sense, I guess. It, it's, I just feel that the league has laid off um, the money makers, regardless of how much animosity you have towards that team, how badly you want to win. Look at when Brady was leading the block. Do you see how many guys avoided him? Yeah, they really. Are did. you kidding me? If that was like 1995, that guy would have been hit. If that was. But Brady. I also think it's more the nature of the league, knowing yeah. that. And never mind the team. For it's as just much like, as the Jets hate the Patriots, they're not going to like cold cock like Tom Brady in the middle of the field, right? Again, because that's they're going. If I touch him, I'm going to get called for a penalty, even though he's way out of the box, out of the pocket. He's leading yeah. the charge. The other thing too is they realize Brady's not going to do anything, so yeah. they're just like whatever. I'm going to avoid him and go for the ball, which you can see that's exactly. Oh what yeah, they did. no, they went right after the carrier uh, like after Blunt. Invisible, it was strange. Yeah, and they would, I think they knew like, all right, this is a joke. We can just avoid him. Why even bother wasting energy? Because they literally ran right past. I him. mean, yeah, it was hilarious, and they went for, went for Blunt instead. Yeah, and I, I mean, I don't know, like you know, in the '90s, I think somebody would have cleaned his clock. Probably, yeah. In, in in the NFL. So it's starting to become like that in the league. LeBron could basically stiff arm his way through a defense. That's fine because he brings money to the table. But the NBA's so, always been like that. It's though. always Like, you know, Bird there. and Jordan weren't getting Jordan calls. Had a, see, the thing, though, is that Jordan, were getting calls, excuse me. Jordan had to earn his stripes. Well, I think every LeBron had to earn his stripes, too. You know, the first couple of years in the league, he wasn't the star. I mean, he... He was the star, but he was earning his stripes. But he never fouled out. No, 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 definitely not. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'll have to go back and look at it. Like I just remember Jordan going against the Pistons, and and that was like the Jordan rule that they implemented. <laughs> Once the whistle blows and there's a foul, and he's still in the air, the next closest guy hit him as high as you can because they can't like it's, do two fouls. It's like double jeopardy. You right. can't be trapped for the same foul right. twice. So yeah, so they they hammered him, and that's why it took it took the Pistons declining and falling apart for Jordan to become you know who he was. Well, and also like, the experience in the NBA is certainly a factor. I mean, you barely ever see uh, a fresh team in the first year of the playoffs go deep in the playoffs. Yeah. You know, so Jordan was going up against you know the Celtics initially, and then and the, and the Pistons couldn't beat the Celtics, and then finally the Pistons beat the Celtics, and then the, the Bulls couldn't beat the yeah. Pistons, and then you know the Bulls beat them, um, and then you know kind of it's the circle from there. of life in the NBA. Yeah, I mean it really is. I mean that that experience is such a huge thing in the NBA playoffs. But going back to like you know the the late '80s, there the the physicality in the NBA was so much more than it is now uh, yeah. as well. I mean, especially even in playoff basketball, I mean, if if Kurt Ramos had gotten taken down 
by McHale like like he did in '84. Yeah, McHale would have been out of the league. Oh yeah, no, he would have been suspended for however many games. Yeah, you know if if Bird hits Dr. J or Lambier or you know the parish hits Lambier now. You know, first of all, that would be it would be huge, huge news. Yeah, and Parrish would have been out for back forty then games. It was like, all right, guys, break it up, break it up. Right, well, right. We, we got a game to play. You know, maybe they were fined, and that was about it. Yeah. But now it would be a huge fine and a, a long, long suspension, and you wouldn't even know. Like, oh yeah, Kevin McHale still plays. Do you he, think? That, do you think that's part of the wussification of America? As I as I hear going around, I don't know because I think. Some of that doesn't really need to belong in the NBA. I mean, do you really need to cold cock Bill Lambeer? Yes. (laughs) Bad example, yeah. (laughs) Bad example. But, I mean, some of that stuff, I I don't think it really fits in the sport. Like, in the NFL, say, you know, what was the purpose other than, you know, trying to get into the quarterback's head? But uh, the quarterback passes the ball, and five seconds later – the defensive end is coming around and knocking Joe Montana to the ground. It it, it does nothing for the game. No, and, true. And the NFL knows if we have good quarterbacks, we have good teams, and yeah. we make money. Yeah. And so I think all the NBA knows, or all the sports know, it comes down to keeping your star players healthy. Yeah. So baseball is a little bit different because you know you don't have as much of the physicality other than throwing at somebody. But but see, I feel I feel that in in basketball and watching you know young guys play basketball now. So these guys are going to watch guys now, you know, like the Steph Currys and stuff. Yeah. And they're going to try to emulate them and make it their own style that way. It's getting to the point where if you go to any high school, like, you know, pre-practice shooting around, everybody's shooting threes. Mm-hmm. Everybody. That I definitely um, think is somewhat of an issue. And and Curry, Steph Curry is like the ideal basketball player now. A lot of like a, a kids, you know, probably in their like I would say in their twenties, maybe love LeBron. The next generation coming up is the Steph Curry generation. Yeah. Which I mean, talk about no offense to Steph Curry, but talk about like soft as a marshmallow when mm-hmm. it comes to. I mean, do you think Steph Curry could have survived in the eighties? Like LeBron could have. He'd cry. No doubt. Well, because he's so much more physical but than But he's physical, Curry. you know? He would just have to learn that, oh, for everything I give, I'm going to get two. Right. Steph Curry could not survive in the 80s, you know? It would be definitely – he wouldn't have as much free reign to do the different things. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I mean, they would be pressing him and playing physical. Like, he, he would not have a good time. See, I think the thing you talk about, you know, everyone's just shooting threes and warm-ups or whatever in, in the gym – that's like you know it comes down to like the you know, the numbers and the statisticians. Yeah. Going, well, the three point shots more efficient. Well, or, that, that and is you, true. You can get more points. Obviously, well, that's the thing too. So I understand that, but then you have all these kids that are just jacking up threes, and so a lot of them are not good at it. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know maybe they should be getting more time down in the paint. And you know you know and you hear this all the time. You know there are no. Lot true centers really anymore? You know, no, because Dwight we, Howard was, was he really the last true center? Oh, that'll be sad if that's the case. He can't play with his back to the basket. Um, yeah, but I, mean, I guess if you look at the the size and the physical attributes of him, you look at him. All right, yeah, he's a center. Whereas you know, I, I don't think of um, Gasol as a center. But he has he see see the thing is Paul Gasol has the center. Not not Paul Gasol. His brother. Oh, Mark. Mark. Yeah. Like I mean, he he. I just don't think of him as a center. What, I mean, he, he has a size. And what what kind can of like you? That, but. What, what are you supposed to do? You know, who's like a center, like offensively, was like an Al Jefferson. 
Yeah. You know, but defensively, he's also soft. Right. Um, what, um, like, going back to the big men, though, now in the league, Big. what makes a big man stand out from everybody else? Oh, he can stretch. Right. You know, right. He's, a, he's a stretch four. He'll, he'll drag the, the other big man out to the three-point line, and then it opens up rebounds and just opens up lanes right. and stuff like that. I remember, like, what, what I don't like about basketball now is everybody jacks up a three. I like, one, I like seeing traditional big men play basketball. Maybe because I grew up watching Elijah Wan and Ewing and the Chief. And, like, I, I I like, you know, them dumping the ball to the big man who has his back, you know, to the basket. And there's another guy with his elbow digging into his spine trying to herniate his discs. And then, you know, here comes the moves. And and it's fun to watch. You know, it's a physical game with these two guys. Um, I like seeing the slashers, you know. I like Kobe in his prime where, you know, he would fake a shot and then zip through like five dudes and then, you know, lay up or dunk. And, but now it's like, oh, I'm taking a three from like one foot over half court. See, I think we've, we went from one extreme to another almost. We went from, all right, we're just going to feed the ball down to Barkley or Jordan and it's going to be one-on-one. We're going to have one guy here and four on the other side of the court and it's going to back him down, back him down and get a shot and maybe it goes in or not. Now... I kind of like this way more better, or this way style now, where it's a lot more passing. So you're looking for the open guy. I don't mind that, but now it's just like there's nothing going inside. It's exactly like so. We you got to have that little bit more of a happy medium. It's not balanced. The paint's empty. I mean, in the '80s, you had a little bit of both. Now the three-point line was just coming into into play, but there were outside shots. You were getting inside, and it was a lot of inside out. But there was ball movement too. It wasn't just all right. We're going to give it to you know Kareem every single time. Now obviously that happened a lot. But you know, and I think it was there was a lot more running with the, the ball and yeah. and just up and down the court. There, running it too. was it was more balanced, I think, in the eighties and nineties. Um, so here's the thing: if Shaquille O'Neal was to come into the NBA now in his prime, he would get like fifty to sixty points a night because there's nobody there that would stop him. But he would be considered a liability on defense. He'd be considered a liability in defense, or at least somewhat of a liability. But he would lose. But- to a team that would just jack up threes because you're getting twos. And like right. you said, the efficiency of the three. Right. It, it's You play catch-up against a team that, that's a primarily a three-point shooting team. Right. So that's sad. So that's why I'm done with basketball. See, I, I'm I done just with wish- hockey because they got rid of the physicality. <laughs> I'm done with basketball because they're getting rid of the – I want blood. I want blood <laughs> on the ice and on the court. I want, I want physical play. So you I want, want slashing. I want I want a two guard that drives from like the top of the arc in and like a la Paul Pierce, a la Kobe, a la you know Jordan. I right. don't I don't want to watch Steph Curry shoot threes from half court. That's not exciting to me. Yeah, not all the time. Not all the time. Yeah, I I, I don't mind it here and there where you you get a deep three, but just. Sometimes I want to see a little bit, and I, I guess part of it is I don't like all the threes, but I love the passing to get to that open three. Yeah. So I wish there was a little bit more back and forth, but I, and maybe you just can't have both ways. I, I don't know. So I, I agree that it's just so many more threes, and you're, you're not getting it inside, and all the stretch fours and stretch fives. I, I don't know. But. Yeah, I want to see physicality back in football too, on on the wings and the. Uh on the split ends, like wide receivers and like cornerbacks. Yeah. Get rid of this offensive and ticky tacky offensive and defensive pass interference. Used to be if the guy was in front of you, right? And let's say you're the wide receiver and I'm square to you, I could keep my hands on you the whole time. Right. 
you know, and then they limit it to five yards. And now it's like, you know, if I give you like a dirty look, it's a penalty. <laughs> right, right. Um, and so it takes – I like seeing – I miss the days when like a cornerback or safety would come down on a tight end and they would just physically try to get space from each other. Right. Well, again, the NFL wants more open offense. Yeah. So they're going to say, all right, no touching because we want Antonio Brown to be able to run downfield or, you know – you know, Odell Beckham Jr. run down field, and Mike that, Evans and, and, run down and, field. And that's the thing. How's that working for them? It's working pretty well. No, the numbers are dropping like rocks. See, I th- I still think they're still making a lot of money, though. They're I mean, they, they have that money, money guaranteed they're, they're with the networks for a while. Of, yeah, they're making a lot of money, but their their uh, television like ratings is dropping now. Somewhat transitioning to the election. Maybe not just fully yet, but that was a lot of the talk was that a lot of people were watching election stuff and they were saying they wanted to watch Fox or CNN or whatever it was instead of the NFL as much. Yeah. So that casual person, that casual fan of the NFL was like, oh, yeah, I'll I'll watch the NFL later or whatever it might be. And they went up a couple against some big things. There was a couple of debates they went up against. Yeah. And so that really hurt them. I think another thing, I know this has been talked about a lot too, and for me, I don't like Thursday night football. No, I just I no. F- for me personally to to get home on a Thursday and sit down and watch the games, other different things going you on. You know what? I it's actually, just for me, I just I just don't like doing that. And the games ne- are never never good. Almost they are almost never good. Ninety five percent of the time they're not good. Maybe you get one good game a year and that's it. See, I would argue I don't like I don't like Monday or Sunday night football more. No, really. Mo- mo- well, Monday it's Monday. You know, Monday is a day that like. And you get home from work, you're already tired, you know. So if the Patriots are playing on Monday night, I'm I'm mad. But usually, like, but, it's but a Thursday, I'm already in my groove. Tomorrow's Friday, I could survive. I'll stay up late. I'll watch the Pats. I'll have some extra caffeine in the morning, and I'll be good. I don't want to set my week off bad by staying up late for Sunday night or Monday night football. But usually, that Sunday or Monday night game is a premier matchup. A key matchup for the week. Yeah. Whereas the Thursday night, it's like, oh yeah, Jacksonville versus Tennessee. It's like, well, who's, who wants to watch look, Jacksonville versus yeah, Tennessee the, on a prime the, time? Those Monday night and Sunday night football games start later than the Super Bowl. I understand, but I think they should come on at seven, not like eight thirty-five. See, I guess I haven't watched a lot of Monday night this year, just because I, I haven't for other, you know, yeah. coming home from work and family and getting girls to bed, it, it's difficult to then sit down at and also like, 10 o'clock or 10.30. Have you watched Westworld? I, I love Westworld. Isn't it awesome? It is really good. Would you rather watch Westworld or Sunday night, or, or like, or like the Cincinnati Bengals playing the friggin' Oakland Raiders in like the Argonaut Bowl, you know? The, depending on the matchup, Yes, obviously. But I mean, also, but, but I'm I'm DVRing Westworld. Yeah, but then t- the next day at work, people are talking about it, and so you can't I, even you can't even go online without seeing a spoiler. I don't so have you, that issue, so you have to watch it. I don't have that Nobody issue. Nobody here watches Westworld. No, no one here at QTV I think watches Westworld. So, but um, but for example, I didn't have. time. I'm going to text you all the spoilers. <laughs> Please don't. I didn't have time to watch um, Sunday's Westworld. Have you watched on, it yet? No, I haven't watched it so yet. So I will tell you this. <laughs> I'm going to mute your microphone so I can't hear you. The last, like, five minutes of the episode literally ended with me going, <gasps> Oh, my God. That's how I was, like, the past two episodes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was just like, oh, my. I, I couldn't believe it. I, I, the past, like, three episodes have been, like, 
awesome. The first couple were good, but a little slow getting into Terminators stuff. Terminators are in it now. <laughs> like they're all Terminators. The, the first couple and the episodes, music like, and everything, like they go, like all of a sudden you hear like bump 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 bump, and you saw like a little red light come red. in their eye. <laughs> yeah, no, I, but I I agree. There are other different things. They're just keep me away from watching primetime football. Usually, I don't mind still sitting down and watching different things, but I think that's part of it. It's like the Thursday night game. I think just it takes away from everything, and yeah. I think that was the other thing about football too was you could sit down and know. All right, Sunday afternoon from one o'clock to seven o'clock, I can watch football all yeah. day and do different things. But I can I know those games are going to be there, whether it's the Patriots or another team later on for the primetime game or the would the you national games at four your o'clock. Perfect game for like I'm assuming it would be a Patriots playing like a good team. Yeah. Would you? What is the perfect day and time for you for them to be on? Oh man, everything has been so hectic. It would ha- it would still have to be a Sunday, and I would probably say either one or four o'clock usually works best. All right, I see. I would go with I like the one o'clock games. Yeah, I, I love I, the one o'clock games. It's it it's over, and it's like dinner's coming up. You know, see, like one o'clock games are usually good because you can either. Get some work done around the house or run some errands. You can go to church and do some errands yeah. or whatever it might be. You sit down. Usually, my girls are pretty good about taking a nap somewhere around the 1 or 2 o'clock oh, area. Oh, wow. My kids stop napping. Oh, no. They still morning. nap. They still nap all the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah. So, they, they'll still nap around that time. And I, so, I, I might get an hour. Sometimes, I might get two. Yeah. And watch. I can watch almost the entire game. And then afterwards... I can still do a couple of things, like you said, get dinner or wrap up whatever yeah. you were doing in the yard or whatever it is. So, yeah, I, I enjoy the 1 o'clock games now. Prior to having children, I probably would have said the Sunday night game would have been ideal for me. Yeah. Because on Sunday night, I don't – it sometimes can, like you said, tough getting up. But I think the Sunday or Monday night games would have been I- ideal for me before having children. Now it's definitely Sunday at 1. And sometimes 4 o'clock, depending on what's going yeah, on as well. Yeah, I'll take but. the Sunday. I still think Sunday at 1 is the best. Especially now, now that the sun sets at like twelve thirty-five in the afternoon. <laughs> I know, huh? Um, yeah. See, that's my ideal game. Why don't they just play everything Sunday at one? All of them, including West Coast games. So at ten a.m. Ten a.m. Yeah. Well, well, that's what they were doing with the London games. They were on at was it nine o'clock, nine a.m. our time. Yes. So you had the nine to twelve slot for the London game. The one o'clock game would pick up, then the four o'clock game picks up, and then, then eight thirty, yeah, yeah, or so eight o'clock, whatever it is, yeah. Like football day. It's See, I think that's the one thing NFL has going for is that you know on Sunday you can tune in and bang, you're going to be watching football. Yeah. Whereas for baseball or hockey or basketball, it, it could be oh well, the Red Sox are playing every single day, so you know almost no one's usually watching a hundred and sixty-two games for the Celtics. It's Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or something like that. You meet Sunday here, Saturday here. Same thing with the Bruins. They're usually Tuesday, Thursday, yeah. Saturday. You know, you lose track of different things, and it's tough to watch yeah, a Bruins lot of the usually, games. Usually, primetime hockey is like Saturday afternoon. Yeah, so it's sometimes then, it's tough to watch a, yeah. a a twelve o'clock game on Saturday because there's a lot of different things going on, and you might not have watched the past three games because. You just were busy doing things. Yeah. Whereas the NFL, you know, all right, I can sit down and most likely see every single game yeah. my team plays that year. And oh, yeah. so, and that's why fantasy football is such a huge thing, too, because you kn- you're watching all the games. You can see what's going on. It's just one, you know, eight-hour block during your week of everything that's happening. Whereas for, for baseball, it's just like I have no clue 
what Ortiz did the past three games, other than maybe looking at the box yeah, score, yeah, or watch the highlights, yeah, or you, you know. know, or even then, it's, you don't really get a feel for what Jackie Bradley Jr. was doing in the outfield, or you know, Mookie yeah. Betts had a great game. It's like, well, all right, I saw I he so, went. That's another thing. I am so done with baseball. Uh, see, again, it's tough. With, it is amazing what family does. Yeah, <laughs> to screw up your sports I watching. Ba- I kind of stopped baseball though, even prior to the kids. It's just, especially God, especially when they do a West Coast road trip. So now the yeah, games, those are tough. The, the, the game started at two thirty in the morning. Right. All right, you know, um, and but it, it's just, it's just people say like you know, my wife watches me watch the Patriots, and she like tries to understand what's going on. Which is hilarious, considering the amount of football that's in my life. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, right. I mean, her dad was like played at BYU and stuff. Like, like she's been surrounded by football. I am nothing but football from the third week of August until Thanksgiving, and um, she has no idea about the game. The second the ball snaps, she just thinks that it's a bunch of people running around. She can't make heads or tails. <laughs> But she's like, they do a lot of standing around. And I'm like, yeah, you know, there is. Like, it's not constant action like basketball or hockey. Right. But, I mean, when there's action, it's fantastic. It's edge of your seat. Um, the thing with baseball is there's a lot of standing around for very little action. Right. It's like standing around, standing around, ball in the dirt. <laughs> right, standing no, around, standing around, standing around, high and outside. The guy's not the guy's stepping out of the box. He's not even going to swing at it. Right, you know. And then it's like you 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 commit like four hours or like three and a half hours, and maybe you'll get a home run. You know. Right. So it's it's just uh oh. No, we're good. So yeah, I I think they should end baseball and replace it with a new sport. <laughs> Just completely end baseball. Completely See, end baseball. I thought watching the World Series. I, I loved watching the World Series. Mm-hmm. I thought it was it, actually even the, the playoffs as well. They was really good because who you won? had who won. Yeah, you had a lot of drama watching yeah. it. Um, it was just it was exciting, and and the World Series Game Seven was was awesome. It was so good watching. In the past couple of years, there's been a lot of good World Series games. Yeah. So that was one thing. Like I didn't watch a lot of baseball this year, Red Sox or any baseball. I just didn't watch a lot. Yeah. And I would have liked to, but just couldn't watch. Like you said, the West Coast games are tough to watch. Because West and... World's on. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, I know. Because there's things that but, are entertaining on television but, but, now. But so, like, I made a point, and I was like, I'm watching the World Series. And even my wife was interested in watching some of the games. And But I was just like, she was like, oh, do you want to watch, you know, like something else? And I was like, no, I don't. I want to watch baseball right now because I can watch West World later on because I, I DVR'd it. Or I can watch... You know what other other random show we've been DVRing? I can watch it later. I want to watch this now because this is like it's entertaining. It, there's a lot of drama. That every pitch you're like waiting to see what happens, and especially in Game Seven, the entire game. Like <laughs> when they had the rain delay at the top of the tenth inning before it started, and it was midnight. I said, "Oh no, this is terrible." Because yeah. I I'm I'm not going to bed until the game's over. Yeah. And I was dreading that it was going to be like you know an hour or something rain delay, and I was dreading that I was going to fall asleep on the couch. And thankfully, it was only like twenty minutes, so I, I was okay. But I, I was—I wasn't going to bed that night until the game yeah. was over, unless it was you know four o'clock in the morning. And even then, I—I I wouldn't be surprised if it went really late. And they're like, "All right, you know, we're going to uh, stop the game now. It's too late. People are 
going to bed. I wonder what they would do if that was the case. I don't know. I can't imagine that they would just let the game continue until 5 in the morning. Again, not that it would probably go that late, but I don't know how. I guess that hockey goes until it's over, and the, no matter when it is, if it's at 3 a.m., it's over, but it would be interesting. Well, hockey, no, they'll, they'll have the, the penalty shots and stuff. Well, not in the Stanley Cup. Oh, yeah, no, not in the Stanley so, Cup. So, yeah, I and mean, something like that, you know, yeah, I, I could care less. I'm not watching hockey overtime, you know, um, in the regular season. Or the overtime I'd watch, but I'm not going to watch the, the shootout. I'm like, whatever, who cares about I that? I would love to see a Stanley Cup last for days. We just keep going and going like and going. Game seven going <clears throat> on and on and on. Well, like those triple overtime games, yeah. like, you know, if, again, if it's on the West Coast, you know, it, 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 it could be, you know, 2 a.m., 2 3 o'clock yeah, by the time it gets yeah. over. For those long games, but but yeah. So anyway, I thought that Agreed. that was one thing. Get but, rid of baseball. Uh, see, I can't just say get rid. Of, I've always loved baseball. I used so. to. I just I rather like you know what I would watch instead. Honestly, if they made a league, I would watch uh, beach volleyball, ladies preferably. <laughs> uh, but honestly, I would watch that over. If you had, I swear, if they had a ladies beach volleyball like league, that would make money hand over fist compared to like. WNBA. They do. It's not, it's not televised. It is. It's on like Sunday or Saturday afternoons, but it's it doesn't make enough money. They're, they're, not, they're not doing it right then. Well, you know, Misty May Trainer and um, Kerry Walsh well, Jennings. She's long gone. Well, Kerry Walsh Jennings. Yeah. Well, either way, they were playing for many years, and they were partners for many years. It wasn't just no, the Olympics. No, I know. I understand that, but they should make <clears> – I think, I think that has potential. I'd rather watch volleyball in general. Over baseball, volleyball is a very exciting sport. It is because again, it's a it's lot a, of back and forth. Lot yeah. like, and that's why that's one of the most popular things calls. in the Olympics yeah. is beach volleyball and regular volleyball because yeah. it's it's interesting going back and forth, and it, the speed of it is unbelievable too. Yeah, um, I definitely watch. I'd watch that. I mean, I'd watch like, you know, I want to say I want to say America should get into rugby. I have no idea. Other than these like highlights I see, like of rugby hits, yeah, which will look entertaining. I just have it's it's strange. I'm starting to just in my old age. I'm starting to develop this like bloodlust, <laughs> you know. Like I want football. I want you know because boxing's done. It's yeah, it's over. It's I was never into boxing. The welterweights have destroyed it with you know these little playing for points. Mm-hmm. But um, I I say get rid of baseball. Bring in volleyball. That was also invented in America, right? Yeah. Volleyball? Yeah. It was in Holyoke. Yeah, I knew it was somewhere around here. Yeah. Um, so, America, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, that's another good American sport. Basketball is <clears throat> an American sport. Um, yeah, get rid of that. Like, get rid of baseball. It's boring. Or change I, it up. Or, or allow tackling. I don't well, know. They should definitely try to speed up the game. I mean, I, I agree with that. I mean, I, I still enjoy going to Fenway Park and watching the game. But I would, if they could cut, you know, a half an hour or 45 minutes off the average game, it would be a lot more interesting. I mean, that's one of the things about football. You you pretty much know you got a three-hour block and that's it. And then you're, you're done with the game. Baseball, you know, all right, it's probably going to be three hours. Maybe it's a little bit more. It, it's, it's so back and forth you don't know. <clears throat> that's one of the things about soccer people like too is like, all right, I know for two hours or however long it is. I'm in and out, you know, and, and that's it. it, it it's a fixed yeah, time. It it amazes me how long baseball's been around, too. Yeah. It's, it's. I mean, there's so many other things that we stopped doing since, like, baseball, when baseball started. I think baseball could be coming, 
if it's sped up a little bit, yeah, I think people it could might be even more boring than well, it is. no. But I mean, I think I think people are starting to worry about football and all the concussions and head injuries and other different things like that. They're that, looking yeah. for and a, I will a different you, outlet. I will tell you this: the numbers are low everywhere, in, yeah. all around this area for football in high school. Numbers and, are low. So I wouldn't be surprised if kids. Now, obviously, it's a fall sport compared to and a then they spring want to, summer. They want to do the flag leagues, which actually I I feel personally give you more of a chance of having a concussion. Why is that? It's like full contact leagues or no, no, no. semi contact. No, or? no, but but that's the thing. That's that's the problem. So a lot of high schools they allow them they allow the high school teams to play as the high school in like seven on seven so, flags. Right, right, right. Now you're you're looking at high school athletes going full speed. They have routes and everything. Going against defensive players who like know what they're doing too, and you know when a guy jumps on for a pass, like on defense, he like and I've seen it like they smash heads. Yeah. And now they don't have helmets. Or a kid is you know dives up, jumps up to. But that's no different than soccer. I mean, and obviously, there's a lot of concussions in soccer because you get a lot of people. They don't know either how to head the ball, yeah. or when they're going up to head the ball, they hit heads with other, with the other player. Yeah, I, I I think that type of concussion is different than you're running full speed into each other and you're hitting heads like that. I mean, if you're going up, and yeah. you, you hit heads. All right, it, it wasn't you were running full speed at each other trying to talk, knock each other over. But yeah. either way, I, I think people and parents are going to be looking for different outlets. So whether it's you go more, more kids are going to basketball or you know lacrosse is like is so popular but you get maybe you don't have as many head to head collisions obviously as you do in in football so maybe people will be going to that instead of baseball more I don't know but I would think baseball would be able there to say all right hey we're still here and the chance of you getting concussion are pretty slim you know could you get hit in the head with a pitch ball yes could you get hit with a in the head by a ball batted back at you yes but yeah. it, it doesn't happen as often yeah no i know um, and maybe it just doesn't get as publicized as much because right now everything is football concussions football concussions football concussions yeah. where you don't hear about Pro as wrestling. much <laughs> yeah but you don't you don't hear about the the line drive to the head as or much, there was, or, or there the was a thing where kids you said have the heart protectors. Remember in Little League about ten years ago? Yeah, that became like the a, a, the trendy thing to have because kids would be fielding a ball and they would jump and and hit them right in the chest and you know they would die later that night or something. Right. Um, so they started making like heart protect protection. But yeah, no, like a pitcher can get a lot of damage if someone hits oh, a line drive right to their face. And I, I haven't been hit in the head or the face, but I've been hit in the I, arm and the leg and the chest I've before. To, I've been told. <laughs> well, yes, I, you would know firsthand. Uh, well, I, no, I should say firsthand, but witness firsthand. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I've been hit before from a batted ball that I've pitched, and yeah, it hit. I mean, I've, yeah. I had stitches in my forearm for three or four days one one year because I got hit and you could see it clear as day that I got hit with a baseball yeah. and it was there but yeah so they should just get rid of sports in general <laughs> that's, that's and, 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 and everybody wins and it comes back to going playing I don't know ten, uh, you can't even play tennis what because if, what if God Emperor Trump creates like <laughs> gladiatorial matches like legit like old school so we're gonna have the Coliseum in Boston built or something like that. Yeah, or? there'll be like little Coliseums and have like legitimate like gladiatorial matches. Would you pay to watch two humans fight each other to the death? Probably not. No. Would you watch it if it was like televised? Probably not. No. Like like boxing, MMA, 
things like that, they just don't interest me. Blood. Yes, I, I rarely watch. I think I wouldn't watch people die. You know, <laughs> the, yeah, I think there, be- there is there is a sport where people are in um like combat armor. Yeah, and um, like they fight like with it's like 2016 combat like Kevlar like helmets like you know they look like knights from the future, and they uh, have like sword fights. Okay, and it's like full speed, and it's uh it's pretty entertaining. It's just, you know, it's not a big sport. See, now, I say that I don't I don't watch MMA or things like that, but one of my favorite movies is Bloodsport. <laughs> there you go. So but maybe, I think that's, tech. but it's also cool because of the, the cheesiness for it. Like, I, I could watch Bloodsport any time, and yeah, the, it's just, yeah. it's, the lines in the movie are, are, are so good. They're, they're so terrible, they're <laughs> so good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. So either way, it's kind of ironic that that's. Would one of you my watch ones. to see Jean Claude Van Damme fight someone to death? Current day Jean Claude <laughs> yeah, yeah. fighting like Brock Lesnar or something. I, I, don't, I don't think so. No. Yeah, even like yeah, like yeah, that this does not interest me. All that. Yeah. Thing. I, I, and every once in a while, I might watch MMA, but so, it's so, just so. But going back to football, supposedly there there are serious discussions about creating a development league. Yeah, like a minor league system, which they need to do to well, develop quarterbacks. Because well, yeah, but I, why don't they have a minor league football s- anyway? I mean, I do. You would because <laughs> bodies drop like flies. Well, like. yeah, that's true. But I mean, you would think, like you said, had development. Like some of these players are coming out of college. I forget, forget that. You know, you know, the, they have like you know this heads up tackling technique, but s- people still don't seem to be following as much. I mean, I guess it goes all the way back to teaching them in you know. Pee wee football and you know youth football and to continue reinforcing it all the way up, but fundamental like the textbook tackle is so hard to do. That's why it's like all tackles are just like you just grab some jersey or flush and try to drag it down, or just try to knock someone to the ground. To the ground, yeah, yeah. If it doesn't have any any room to go, you just hit it as hard as you can. Right. Um, I mean, the textbook tackles are the ones that make highlight reels because it stops the opponent like dead in their tracks. Right. Right. Um. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's a violent sport, but it's our sport, damn it. It's an American sport. George Washington, when he used to throw the pigskin around in, in Ticonderoga, <laughs> they caught the troop spirits up, you know. Before they crossed the Delaware? Yeah. They crossed the Delaware to kick a, to retrieve a football that they accidentally kicked over. <laughs> yes, and the British were trying to... <laughs> little known fact. The British were, say, were already painting the little checkers on it and making a uh, soccer yes, ball. Yes, yes, yes. Like, we can't have any of that. <laughs> oh, goodness. So, interesting. We're going to be joined in a little bit by uh, a guest, and he'll, he'll he's interested in talking about Westworld, I bet, as well. So, okay. Uh, so, we'll, we'll talk so he, to he's him. He's just going to destroy you with... With spoilers about like the the Jurassic Park that breaks into Westworld, <laughs> yeah. you know it's the same author, right? Uh, I did not know that. No, yeah, Michael Crean, Crichton, Crean. Did, did you see the the movie from was it the early seventies called Westworld? No, with Yul Brenner. Is that I see? I don't know. I yeah, guess no, I knew it was, it was based on a movie as well. Yeah, well, it was based on a book that became a movie. Okay. But Michael Crean's an interesting cat. That dude. Is like went to Harvard Med School and like practiced for like two years and then said, you know what, I'm gonna write. I'm gonna write really good, interesting books. And uh, I'm gonna write and like and like uh, he directed like a movie that was awful, but he just wrote books like you know bestsellers. Right. Um, so it was interesting that you know a waste of a Harvard Med School. 
<laughs> Wait, well, he's done something or other, I guess. Well, but, I mean, he could have been like, for all you know, he could have, you know, how do you know that with his, like, um, you know, imagination, he, he developed a cure for cancer? Instead, possibly, he was writing about robot cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, but maybe there there wasn't that passion to do that, so he never wanted to spend the time in researching how to cure cancer. Well, sometimes it's not what you have the passion for, it's what you're best at. And then you should learn how to be happy with that. Well, yeah, know? maybe he was best at like writing Tom Brady, books. Tom Brady, you know, really, 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 really wants to be a corn farmer. Interesting. But he's, you know, damn good quarterback. So, so that's he, what he has yeah, to be, right? Even though he, he dies a little each time he goes out in the field. <laughs> I'm going to be husking corn out in Nebraska. See, does Tom Brady eat corn? Is that healthy enough for no, him? No, there's too many uh, fructose sugars oh, in so it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It has to be before the corn actually develops. He just eats the stalks. Oh, interesting. Okay. Green, yeah. There's not much raw sugar in that, huh? No, there's no just straight fiber. Oh, well, that's good. That's good. He usually eats corn and burlap sacks for <laughs> <laughs> fiber. Corn stalks and burlap sacks. And yeah. his guacamole ice cream or and avocado ice cream, not guacamole cow. ice cream. <laughs> Oh, goodness. You know, I, it would be interesting to see how the Patriots do, obviously, if when Brady's gone. But I was curious to see if he was going to play this week because, you know, that whole, the whole issue of if it was his ankle was, was questionable, his knee, or his yeah. knee, and it was a whole back and forth. And I was like, he's going to play. Unless he literally can't walk, oh, yeah, he's going to exactly. play. So I, I don't know why there was the whole big thing. But it was interesting how compared to the beginning of the year with Garoppolo, you know, the shoulder injury, and he's not going to play, and then Brissett can't play, and all these other different things. I think Brady probably would have played through all of that. He's the last of a dying breed, John, once again. Did you know, he the is the oldest. of America. He's the oldest positional player in the league, not including kickers. Yeah, because Vinatieri's still around. Yeah, and he's what, like, you know. 53. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, has yeah, Vinatieri, Tom Brady's has the oldest Vinatieri positional player. Has played for the Colts longer than he's played for the Patriots? Um, He's probably pushing it. He's he, got to be. Because he, Vinatieri was here in, what, 97? 97, okay. And then and then he left after 04, 05? No, it must have been 06 because I think Goskowski's rookie year was 07. I'm pretty sure that was so, his first year. So so 2006, so it's been – So I think, who does uh, – what uniform does he wear in the Hall of Fame? I don't know. It's do, do you wear a uniform in the Hall of Fame for, for – um, like you, you don't, you're not wearing a cap like you are in, oh, in baseball. Oh, yeah, that's true. So I so. think you just go into the Hall of Fame, and then it'll say, you know, New England Patriots 97 to 06 and Colts 07 yeah. through whatever. But, I, yeah, actually, that's a good question. I, I think he might be with the Colts longer. What traitor. Well, we didn't. We we dumped him. How weird would it be if, like, when we dump Gaskowski, if the Colts grab him? <laughs> I don't think so. I think they're happy with Vinatieri still. <laughs> that, that's one of those things. Like you talk about Gaskowski, or I mentioned he was his rookie year. Would Belichick have kicked that like fifty-yard field goal against the Giants in the Super Bowl with Vinatieri? Instead, he didn't kick it with Gaskowski. Um, I forget. I think it was in the fourth quarter of that game, or maybe it was the third quarter. But they went for it on fourth down against the Giants, and they didn't get it. If, I think if Vinatieri had been there, they would have kicked the field goal. I don't know. Vinatieri, Vinatieri is remarkably accurate and has, like, ice water in his veins, but he doesn't have a big leg. True. Like, I think 44 is usu- was usually, like, his max. But I think 10 years ago, he still would have been able to kick a 50-something-yard field goal. No, he's always he's always had a weak leg. Yeah, but Not weak, but, like... 
Maybe. I mean, I'm not sure, but like, if you look at like his his longest kicks, look up his longest. I'll say as we go to our our trusty internet to look for that. Uh, I, I st- okay, Google. Oh, we're gonna get a live thing here. Yeah. Nope, oh, it didn't do it right. What is Adam Vinatieri's longest kick? See, I, I never. What is Adam Vinatieri's longest <laughs> kick? I got. Oh, I've I barely use the voice Siri. command on my phone. Yeah, I, I just I just don't use Siri. His longest kick was seventy three yards. Well, look at that. Yes. <laughs> they should have kicked a field goal. Do you think Guskowski? Oh, he's been a, he's been a Colt longer by like one year. Looks yeah. Like one, two, Do you think Guskowski will be done after this year? Do they? Do we release him? Is he on his contract? Does it matter in the NFL? I mean, they'll they'll have to eat something on the salary cap, but you know, and, and, or is it just because like, you know it seems this year every kicker is not good this year. You know, everyone's missing extra points and field goals and yeah, whatever it might be. No, but no, I mean, Belichick might <laughs> approach him and say, "How much are you making? <laughs> yeah, you need to put the team first. But yeah, but is the is the reliability about that? Um, Who's better? Good enough. That's I, that's that's what. If somebody's better or comparable, and you can get them, right? Yes. But, All right. Well, we'll we'll talk to our next guest here, and uh, being joined on the phone by Kenny Taz. And Kenny, how's it going tonight? How's it going, John? How's it going, guys? It's we're doing well. We're we just jumped in. We've been talking about uh, Adam Vinatieri leading into Steven Guskowski. Is this Steven Guskowski's last season as a Patriot? Um, I, you know what? I'm going to say, yeah, I do. I think this is going to be his last season. At the very least, they're going to bring in another kicker at the end of the season <clears throat> to get some competition. But I don't trust him, and I've, you know, I've, I've trusted him for years at this point. But yeah, I don't have any faith in him anymore. So bring someone in. <laughs> so the reason we got into talking about this was in he the kicked, sorry he kicked a 53 yard field goal in 2015. And he was 42 and was immediately drug tested the day after. <laughs> so, so we got to talk about Vinatieri in um, how long he's been a Colt compared to a Patriot. And Damien said he's been a Colt one year longer than he was a Patriot. Um, yeah. But we said in the 2007 Super Bowl um, against the Giants, Belichick could have kicked a 50-something yard field goal with Guskowski, who was a rookie that year. But he decided mm-hmm. to go for it on fourth and, and I forget what it was, fourth and three or fourth and five, and they didn't make it. Would he have? Would Vinatieri have kicked that field goal? Would Belichick have trusted Vinatieri to kick that field goal? Oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. They were. I mean, were they were in a dome? Um, yeah, and I think about that play frequently. I think most New Englanders think about that game frequently on our deathbeds. Prior to last <laughs> year, his longest kick ever was fifty-one yards. So I'm I mean, not- I feel like up until this year, I don't think there was any question whether or not he could kick. I mean, he's had slumps over the years, but he's been a pretty consistent kicker. Um, most people considered him one of the better kickers in the league. So, I mean, this year has really surprised me because he was not someone I was ever worried about. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's the biggest thing now is he's become a liability, especially on these extra points. I mean, I know I was just saying to Damian, too, that, you know, kickers are missing extra points all around the league. But when it comes to your team, you don't want it to happen. And, you know, when, when he's missing, you know, what does he miss, five extra points this year? Three. 
three. Um, see, it, it, it feels, feels like, like a lot. Missing one, it feels like he misses one a game. You know what I mean? I mean, I, might, I know that's probably not correct, but it feels like in every game he's missing one or... Or he's missing he's a field goal or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So it's, Yeah, I mean, he's completely unreliable <laughs> at this point. And, I mean, it, like I said, it, 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 it's shocking because he was not someone we were worried about. But, at this, you know, <clears throat> I kind of like to look at it from this perspective, though. I feel like it's going to make the offense be more aggressive on third down because they know that on fourth down they might not be able to kick that field goal that they can usually rely on. And I know that, like, I love that. Like, I, I want to see them be aggressive on third down and, and not just assume they can get the three points because, especially right now, we can't, we can't count on him to do it. So um, I kind of like that. If you look at it from that perspective, at least as a positive light, you can spin it with, you know. Right. Well, I mean, there's a lot of question marks on this team, and like you said, you never thought kicking would have been an issue this year, but but now it is. And with question marks on defense, I mean, the defense, you know, I, I've I've always felt the past couple of years getting off on third down has been an issue, and this year it seems to be even more of an issue. You know, that third down efficiency, I forget where they are in the league, but they have to be you know, in the twentieth or lower. Yeah, I mean, that, that's not good, and you, you you don't have confidence that they're going to be able to to get off the field on third down. I mean, there was a penalty on on um, the Jets on third down, and they could have kicked the, and they went to kick the field goal instead, but they could have had like a third and eighteen or something like that, and Belichick declined the penalty so they could kick the field goal. Like, you know, wouldn't you say let's push them back to third and eighteen and try to hold them because I have confidence in my defense? But they didn't do that. Yeah, I mean, this defense feels a lot like those, those, those like down years where we just couldn't get right on defense. And we, I mean, even though we were contending and we were in the playoffs, I think everyone knew in their hearts, like we weren't going to win the Super Bowl those years because we just didn't have the, the, the tools on defense to do it. Um, I do love this coaching staff, you know what I mean? I have complete faith that they can coach these guys up. And I... I'm not really afraid of anyone in the AFC, so I feel like they could, I mean, they're going to make a run. They most likely are going to be in the Super Bowl. But, I mean, it's definitely, I'm not confident in the defense. The AFC is weak this year. Um, the NFC worries me. I mean, the, and, NFC, and the NFC worries me too, but, like, at the same time, what's the one team everyone wants to bring up when we talk about the Super Bowl and the NFC? It's the Seattle Seahawks. And they beat us, so I mean, like, obviously they get respect and all that. But I mean, their record isn't that great this year. They're not. They're not. I'm, I'm more worried. I mean, to say I'm worried about playing the Cowboys in the Super Bowl. I mean, if we make it a Super Bowl itself, that would be nice. But you yeah. look at the Cowboys, pound for pound, their offensive line. Our, our three-man rush with Howie Long Jr. is going to get past the Cowboys? Are you kidding me? No, <laughs> their secondary. This secondary well, they have is the best good. offensive line in football. You know, that's yeah. going to be tough for any team, really. They but. have they have a good defense. They have a great offensive line. They they which yeah. is a recipe for disaster for us. They I mean, if we're talking cow, if, if we're talking Cowboys, yeah. I mean, it's that's a great matchup. But Bill has a good record against rookie quarterbacks. Um, we are fairly solid at stopping the run. I mean, like I know Matt Forte is not. Zeke down in Dallas, but he's like a, he's a, they said he was a top eight runner, you know, and they shut him down. They've shut down multiple runners this season. What did but, David Johnson but, 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 but else, do against us in game one, you know? But what they can't do is shut down premier receivers, and that's yeah. something that they haven't been able to do since 
uh, they have Revis on the team, and Revis is actually good. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, our, 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 well, def- our defense is what <laughs> I heard. Yeah. I heard the stats. Our defense is literally middle of the pack. You know, it's, yeah. it's an average defense, which means I mean, any above average offense like, like, will hurt us. Yeah, they're like they're very up and down. You know, like I feel like this defense could absolutely go into the Super Bowl and win. It would be a tight game and everything, but I feel like they could get it done. But at the same time, I also feel like they could completely blow it and we could lose do you it. Know, you know? Do you know that in the past three weeks we have the 29th pass defense in the league? Doesn't I believe surprise it. me. Yeah. And we played yeah, no, Fitzpatrick no, yeah, me. and Colin Kaepernick. Yeah. 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 I mean, if the Jet, yeah, if the Jets had any clue, I mean, I think we can all agree if the Jets had any clue, they probably would have won the game on Sunday. Um, you know, but at the same time, like. You can only play who's on your schedule, and, like, you know, you got to be able to win those tough games. So, I mean, there are positives to take out of it. But, I mean, you know, like, it's like we were talking. We're talking about the Super Bowl, how we're not really afraid about the, the AFC, because who, who is there really? Like, the, the Oakland Raiders, who are young and inexperienced. Like, um, you know, so most of us are thinking about the NFC. But it's like, I feel like, like, who's in the NFC that's scary? Like, there's Dallas, but Dallas, like, there's a rookie, quor- quor- rookie quarterback. Rookie running back. Yeah, you but know, like an I, offensive I line that's a wall. They do, they do. But I feel like we got the edge in coaching. I feel like. Um, See, I, probably... I would. I would say for myself for for Dallas, I'd be more worried about Elliott than Prescott, just because I, I think that the rookie quarterback might have a little bit of nerves coming out. Whereas um, Elliott, he knows. All right, I got five unbelievable guys in front of me, yeah. and if you throw Witten or whoever the tight end is coming in, they have an awesome yeah. line, and I'm just going to run through them. So I, I don't like. I could see Prescott throwing an interception or two in the Super Bowl, but I don't oh, yeah. see Elliott fumbling three times or if, something like that. I mean, Prescott, could you, could you see Bill going into the Super Bowl under in that scenario that you just described? Could you see him doing what we did a few years ago against like like the Dolphins, where we just let was it the Dolphins or Denver? Where we just let them run for like 200 yards. Like we made an average running back. No, yeah, no Sean Marino looked like an right. all-pro. Um, and they came out afterwards, after we won the game, of course, they came out and said, yeah, that was the strategy. We were going to let them run the ball because we knew they couldn't beat us through the air. Um, I mean, I, I could see something like that. that that's, what I, like, that's what I mean when I say we have the edge with coaching. Like, yeah, they... Like Zeke is, he's looking like a great running back, and Prescott is getting the job done at quarterback and all that stuff. But like, I feel like Bill could could scheme those guys. We See, do have. I, I'm worried when it comes down to there's no scheming in pass defense. It's mano yeah. mano, and I would take um, Des Bryant over Malcolm Butler, especially if the Dallas offensive line gives time for for that pass to get to him. Yeah, I mean that I, that was not a good matchup. I don't like the size on that. Um, and Logan Ryan isn't fast enough to cover Dez down the field. I think he no. We don't have we don't have anybody in the secondary that can cover premier receivers. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. I mean, yeah, but I mean, I feel like we've it, that's kind of always been the problem since well, like Ty since, Law left. Since Ty Law left, and then what happened when we signed Darrell Revis and Brown? We win the Super Bowl, then we let him go. You know, I, the I, years yeah. in between, we I, didn't have those cornerbacks. I think Butler can do a, a decent job against some receivers. I mean, against Antonio Brown. I mean, it's Brown. the size that scares me, you know what I mean? Well, yeah, but I mean, yeah, you know, you look at any cornerback, and usually any good cornerback, and they're going to be giving up 
four or five inches compared to the best wide receivers. Yeah. So, I mean, I think no matter who you get, that's going to be an issue. But, I mean, I think Malcolm Brown can do a... a, um, a decent a, job. A decent job. But I, mean, I, I, guess, I, I guess the whole thing is like I think just the defense in general is gonna be the problem for me because like you know like you like said Kenny you know they let the Bron- um, the Broncos run for two hundred yards but if they do that against this Bron- uh, the, the Dallas team it's gonna be two hundred yards and like four touchdowns and you're not gonna be able to beat that team like that. Who do you have to? Who? Yeah, but see, but see, I don't know if I agree with that though, John, because like. Like, like Dallas's defense is playing well. I, we can all agree on that. But would you say that they're like that's what they were supposed to play like at the beginning of the season? Was anyone picking this defense to be that good? No, no. I mean, I I think both of the defenses are, you know, are questionable like, for both teams. Yeah, I think if we're going Dallas New England Super Bowl, I think Tom Brady with a healthy Gronkowski and a healthy offense could walk up and down the field on that defense. I well, mean, that, well, that's not the Dallas ha- Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys have never. Never, not once, beaten Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. Well, they've only played each other like twice. And once I think they Dr- played each other. I think it's like what? Three, I think it's at least three times. And, over and the Drew years. Bledsoe was quarterback once. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. But I'm just. But and I, mean, I believe he threw a pass. You got to bring it up. It's, it's going to get brought up if they play in the Super Bowl. The, see, the Cowboys have never been able to beat Belichick. Yeah, I, I feel like if if those two defenses are playing, both of the offenses are going to have field days. And yeah. but like I, I don't see in the Super Bowl. Us winning a game, thirty-five, thirty-one. I mean, we have Ninkovich playing outside linebacker now, as, as opposed to the end. You know, yeah. he, he's not an outside linebacker. No, I mean, we have. This is why I was so upset after we traded Trent Chandler Jones. It changes the front seven completely. People didn't want to give him the credit and say that he was a good player, but he's having a pretty good season in Arizona, and we haven't, you know replaced him and like everyone wants to talk about shipping Jamie Collins out but honestly I don't think I think this defense looks just as bad this week as it did before we traded Jamie Collins like I don't think he he fixes everything but having Chandler Jones up front getting pressure from his side it made Ninkovich better it made the interior guys better it made the linebackers better and you remove that, and all of a sudden everything starts falling apart. And then I don't know why their solution was to trade Jamie Collins, but that I mean, had to I be honestly, a personal thing. And Belichick has never been afraid to cut off his nose to spite his face. Yeah, and I just I feel like that is an overload. I think people are way more concerned with the Jamie Collins things. And honestly, if you're going to look back, we we cut the offensive lineman that we got in that Arizona deal, and what did we get for uh, Chandler Jones? A second round pick or a third round pick? I can't remember. Um, a but, half um, a bag of peanut M and M's. Exactly. So it's kind of like you know, like let's look back at that. Like I, I didn't want to trade either one of them. I would much rather let them both just play out their contracts and win a Super Bowl. But but I think that was one of the things they said. All right, we we got we can't keep all of them right now. So let's trade Jones because we think Collins and Sheard and whoever else are going to be the real players let's that we can keep around yeah. and they're all going yeah. into contract years and then it, it backfired on, on Belichick where Collins was like well no, I'm, I'm only going to play at 50% and Sheard didn't yeah. play at any percent it seemed like you know I mean getting left behind in the San Francisco game and maybe he played a little bit better this past week but I I'm think it's focusing on the Rams yeah I mean I, I think it was one of those things <laughs> where he thought he was going to get a Rams. lot of performance out of these guys Rams because Collins Rams because <laughs> Collins was going <laughs> to have an outstanding year and it just it backfired so I, I'm not sure why he traded 
I, I think one of the theories I heard was he traded Collins over Shear because Shear was under a big contract. It was going to be more of a cap hit than it would have been for Collins. Yeah, Jimmy Collins in the off season was interviewed. I forgot which magazine, and they asked him like, you know, how often do you think about football and stuff like that? And he's like, oh, the second the season's over, I'm done. It's like video games and like skateboarding or something like that. Yeah, like he's not Belichick, that's not, and Belichick yeah, Belichick not. wants guys like. Like Slater and McCourty, guys who think about football twenty four seven. Right, Brady, yeah. you know, uh, um, Willie McGinnis, guys like that. Jamie Collins was a hell of an athlete who barely played football in his life. You know, I mean, a freak yeah. athlete who was not a football player. He was just a very good athlete that's getting paid to play football. He wasn't like a yeah. real football player. So Belichick was like the hell with him. Right. Yeah, and, like, I agree with all that, you know? But at the same time, I feel like, like, you need Jamie Collins. Like, you need players like Jamie Collins on your team. No, we need like a gr- third a great draft pick, <laughs> co- compensatory pick from the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> so the real yeah, like, I mean, like, it's great to have Teddy Bruschi, don't get me wrong. It's great to have that guy who lives and breathes football and lives in New England year-round and is, like, a total, like, like patriot every, every way you can think of um, but so, you know, you need to have those guys that are like he was a freakish athlete. He he, we, that time he jumped over the uh, the defensive line, offensive line, and then blocked that field goal. I mean, that's like a like you. I can't think of anyone else ever doing that. And like he, you need those guys. Bobby Boucher. I would so much rather have him on the team. And even like like who, like if you got to bench him or like like reduce his role or whatever, then fine. But unless he's a cancer in the locker room... Which he which, might have been. But apparently everybody was shocked, so I don't think he was. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, was it, you know, the other talk out Rams. there, too, was that, you know, um, Ma- Mike Lombardi came out and said that, you know, he was playing rogue quite often. And, you know, it wasn't staying in yeah. his lane and different that, things that, like that. that that's, and, I, see, I'm not I saying buy, I agree 100% with that, but... I not any of that stuff. They're worse I, than I the really Red didn't. Sox when they, when they get rid of a guy, like how all of yeah. a sudden they're like... Rumor has it he worships Satan. Well, especially Lombardi yeah, because no, he's I, a true Belichick guy. Yeah, yeah. I didn't buy any of the, the Lombardi stuff. I just, I just didn't. You know, like they're saying, like, oh, he, he, you know, he goes rogue too much, and and that's a problem, and that's why they didn't like him. And it's like, well, then why did they offer him like eleven million dollars a year? Right. Like they offered him a contract. They wanted him here. If he was going rogue so much that it was a problem and he wasn't living and breathing football and he wasn't a Belichick guy, there's no way they offer him that contract. None. Like, zero possibility he gets offered a deal. Right. No, I I agree with that. So I don't buy... I feel like Lombardi was, like, trying to, like, do his buddy a favor and, like, give everybody this, this nice little package that we could wrap it up in and say, oh, that's why he was traded. But, like, I don't believe that he, you know, I don't think he was... He might have asked for Von Miller money. And maybe that's it, you know, but I don't know if he was, like, a cancer in the locker room because everything I had heard or read up until that point was he was, like, the consummate patriot. He was a good locker room guy. He was all about the team. He was all about football. You know, he lived up to all those things that we check off the, you know, the checklist when we're looking at Patriots players. And then as soon as he was out of town, it was, oh, man, he wanted too much money and he was going rogue and it's like, Stop looking for reasons, you know what I mean? He's not going to give you the reasons, so we're just all speculating. <laughs> that being said, though, you don't know what's going on in the locker room with any of the guys. You know, Brady oh, could be a complete non 
good patriot, but he's an awesome player, so Belichick puts up with it. Now, I'm not saying that's the case, but, yeah. you know, we, we have no clue what goes in, in that locker room down there because there's just nothing that escapes there until afterwards when they want stuff something to escape. So maybe yeah. Collins, they were tolerating Collins in the locker room the past year or two because, like you said, Kenny, he was a great athlete. He could do all these different things, and they were tolerating his... You know, not listening to Belichick because he was making the plays, and maybe, maybe he was just guessing right the past couple of years. And when he was yeah. going rogue, quote unquote, on different running plays, he was choosing the right gap to rush, and he was, you know, making the hit, and he was sacking the quarterback and uh, good in coverage, and et cetera, et cetera. And then this year, just none of that was happening, and they added that on top of other different things, and not listening to Belichick. And he said, "All right, enough of it. I'm, I'm you're gone." My, my guess on the going rogue is that all of a sudden he's not blitzing. And so if he's not blitzing, he's not putting up numbers. And if he's not putting up numbers, he can't get um, big money. And I think yeah. that, that's what the going rogue was. Well, yeah, um, and, and like I think, I think the best example I heard was, was the Randy Moss deal. You know, Randy Moss was a freakish athlete, and they loved having him on the team until they didn't, until he was unhappy. And then all of a sudden, you know, he was talking to the younger players in the locker room, talking about how, like, oh, you know, they don't, you're never going to get paid in New England, you know? Right. And they were just like, see you later. Oh, no. Do you, know, do you know why Randy Moss got cut or traded immediately for nothing? There's, the, there's one rule in the Patriots locker room, and, you do, and when, when Mr. Kraft is there with his friends, like, you have the language of, like, being in church. <laughs> and Randy Moss was going Randy Moss mad about uh, um, his con- like he wanted a contract extension. Yeah, and he was like huffing and puffing like a child. He threw a tantrum, and in that tantrum came a whole bunch of cussing. And in the middle of that, um, Kraft walked in with like a couple business associates, and he kept going. And he like made eye contact with them and kept going. And, like, th- literally that evening he was traded. But, like, if that had been 2007, <laughs> he wouldn't have been traded. If Kraft's wife was, ar- was alive, he would have been. I, I, I can guarantee you Belichick said, listen, Mr. Kraft, I know he might have swore a couple times in front of you or the wife or the business <laughs> associates, but we cannot trade. If, if Tom Brady... 23 touchdowns. Yeah, yeah, yeah there was no way. Touchdowns. Maybe, yeah. Three years into the but you deal. Know, you know what? I would love, I would love to know if... It, it, I would love to see if that would... If, the, what Belichick, if Belichick would still, in 2007, do that, I'd have that much more respect well, for him. Th- that's a different story. If they said, okay, no matter who you are or when it is, but... That's never the case. And whether it's the pros or college or high school, you know, high school coaches always say, it doesn't matter who you are, that, you know, if you break the rules, you're going to be gone. It never happens. You know, if you look at the star quarterback, if the star quarterback stays out a little bit too late and breaks the rules, he's going to get a slap on the wrist, whereas the last guy on the bench is going to get cut from the team in high school or in college or in the pros. It's well, yeah, just, it's and, the and, same that, deal. and that's what I worry. That, and, and that's and stuff like that. Like, yeah, in, in big-time colleges, you have to deal with the, the boosters, you know. The guys that the alumni that pay for the team, right? You know, and you kind of have to. They're like, you know, the high school equivalent of like like the helicopter parent that wants their kid to be like the starting quarterback, even though, um, you know, they don't have fingers or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, true story. <laughs> um, you know, like like the slow kid, they want him to be running back, um, and that's what happens. But like in like the big colleges. Um, in the NFL, yeah, it's the owners, but some owners do give carte blanche to the, 
I mean, Kraft, Kraft, after that Jamie Collins thing, said, like, you know, I don't agree with all the things that Belichick does, but the overall encompassing thing of having Belichick as, like, the president of football operations, I do agree with. Right, you know, I understand that, but again, it, does, it comes down to certain... If Jamie Collins had 10 sacks this season and, you know, 60 tackles and three interceptions, and that, you know, and same thing happened where he, he was swearing in front of Mr. Kraft... He wasn't going to be traded. I, c- I can tell you that for a fact. There's no way he was going to get traded. Well, yeah, and, and like, so here's an example. So you can swear in front of Mr. Kraft. You can't swear in front of his guests. Logan Mankins flipped Kraft's desk over, arguing with him. Right, but... He can, reached, like, to, to, like, his side, grabbed the side of the desk, and, like, pulled it over. Like, kaboom, crash, like, security coming <laughs> in, and, like, got into Kraft's face. And Kraft didn't back down. Like when, and that's remember when he sat out, and eventually everything got settled. And and he and he was talking big crap during that time, right? About the yeah. Patriots, Wilfork the same <clears throat> thing, and and that got settled out. Wilfork never did the physical threat of flipping over. Well, well Wilfork was like, I mean, Wilfork was not happy with his contract, but he, I mean, he was a team player. <clears throat> like, yeah, I, he has such a good relationship with the Crafts. Like they love Wilfork. We we all love Wilfork. You know, he's going to retire up here. So I don't think it was quite... I mean, like, Logan Mankins, <clears throat> he was ticked off. You know what I mean? And, um, like, Moss, like, they ticked off. Like, totally, like, wanted their money and, and felt like they didn't need to take take a friendly contract or whatever. M- Mankins um, I, and Moss are country hicks. Yeah. And, and both yeah. of them will admit that to you, too. You know, I don't think Will Ford... prejudice, John. <laughs> what, calling a black guy and a white guy a country hick? Yep, you're prejudiced. So... <laughs> and, but yeah, and well, Randy Moss will be the are first you, are, one. Are you assuming their 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 race? It's I, 2016, I, John. I, I am pretty sure I know that Randy Moss is black and Logan Mankins is white. I mean, that's a proven he fact. He may identify himself as a Martian. Well, well, well fair enough. <laughs> but I'm, you know, Randy Moss will tell you that straight to your face, and so would it Mankins. Both of them have said that publicly on the air or documentaries that yeah. you know they're country bumpkins and, no, and they're and the proud of it. Will Fork, but yeah. But, yeah, but Will Fork, I don't think comes out like like Mankins or Moss did. <laughs> no, you never saw him just wearing overalls, well, no, just overalls. Yeah, but he did that for the laugh factor too. You know he did that. Okay, I don't know. I think it's because most shirts don't fit him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, no, actual... dude, he, he came out this year and said he he, he loves his body, man. <laughs> yeah, he was on. on Wait, yeah. No, I know that, but I, he, I think he just posed. He just posed nude, nude in yeah. ESPN magazine or something like that. Will you know? Fork, I think, has more of a business sense than Mankins yeah. did. You know, and that's yeah. with, without a doubt. Uh, e- either way, I mean, I just it's it all depends on what your stats are that year and how you're putting up. And with Mankins, it made it easy to trade him after they signed him because, all right, well, you know what? He, he's, he's coming downhill, and what happened? He, he went downhill. And you have to give credit to Belichick. Usually, he, he's pretty correct on trading the players the year before. I mean, what has he, yeah, he gotten wrong, really? I mean, what deal has he gotten wrong? I know Seth's trying to argue with me that trading Seymour, he lost. But Seymour turned into, like, Shane Vereen and Nate Solder, who both got us the Super Bowl. Well, see, I think part of the thing, too, is if you look at Seymour in this system, he probably still would have had another few years left. Oh, yeah. And same thing with Vereen, and same thing with, you know, name a lot of the players. And maybe it would have been with Bankins as well. Um, I'm trying to think of somebody else that he traded that you could probably look back and... Dan Klecko. 
Who who is the wide receiver <laughs> there that they um Dion Branch. They let him go probably a little bit too early. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's probably the one where you I mean, but then like his production in Seattle wasn't worth the money. So they were right not to pay him that money, but we needed him, and, and clearly we didn't win in 2006 because we didn't have him. Right, and then you, you so, keep him with Brady, and then he's worth that money. Yeah. Exactly, exactly, you know. I mean, I feel like this is the thing, though, with, like, these trades and, like, these things. Like, that's why I hate these, like, midseason moves. Is like, there's a lot of positive things to look at on this team. I know, like, they're not playing, like, the like, best defense like right the now. Like, and I think even some of their offense at times looks like dull and not like they're. Kenny, I will tell you what's positive up. on this team: Ninkovich's steroid test and uh, <laughs> Alan Branch's weed test. No, man, no. Listen, 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 listen. There are some young players on this team that like you should be excited about. Like, like we traded we traded away Collins, right? And in the very next game. Trey Flowers, the, the defensive end that we got out of Alabama, which is a powerhouse college team, he came on and got two sacks in that game. Okay, yeah. The defense but, but, didn't look but great. Can, the can defense he, didn't yeah, look but great, can't so do, no one wanted to look at that. Remember when Mike Cloud had four touchdowns in a single game and then he was out of the NFL? Like, yeah, but no, but he's looked good. Trey Flowers has looked good. Malcolm Butler on his own has looked pretty good at cornerback. He's still a young player, you know? Uh, Chris Long isn't getting sacks, but he is like around the quarterback on every play. He's, he's also he's, 35. He, this is his so last he's not. Go he doesn't around. fall into the category of young player. Obviously, I'm just saying there are definitely things on the team that you can look at and say, all right, that's that's all right. Like like Long, like he got a straight. That was a clutch play he made on Sunday against the Jets. Like he, we needed Tuck someone rule. to come in and make a play, and he came in and knocked the ball out. I mean. Like, you need those plays to happen in those games, and he made it happen. The so, biggest positive things on this team is Gronkowski, who was uncoverable. All right? And, and yeah. you know what's getting me, was irking the hell out of me with, with Gronkowski? It's that the league doesn't call penalties like the same for him. Like, guys are literally hanging on him, and they don't call pass interference. It it blows my mind. It's it is because if they don't do that, he's he's an unstoppable force. I but, think it's partly because he's a tight end, not a wide receiver, and he's a patriot. Oh, too. but tight ends don't get the calls wide receivers do. Oh, but no, but but there, but his is ridiculous. You can't I, hold somebody's left arm for like I, three steps. I understand that, but I mean, I, I think if. If yeah, but it goes both ways, you know. He he pushes off like no one in the league. Well, this, like, see, this goes back to true. a conversation I had earlier with John, which I want that to come back to football. I want I, I want I I'm sick of these defensive and offensive ticky tacky pass interference. It should be like like the high school rule, which is basically did you totally like where both sides can be can if both sides go oh yeah that was pass interference. Then it's pass interference. Not like, oh, he... Um, he slightly extended his arm yeah, a little bit. Yeah. He, he had a slight cough, which could have pushed the air bubble <laughs> near him. And, like, you know, any little thing that they look for pass interference, and it's ridiculous. It's like, I, I don't even know what it is in the league anymore. Like, yeah. it's... And, and, and I, I definitely know, don't know what it is for, for Gronkowski, because apparently you can, you can, like, hit him with a sledgehammer and it's not pass interference. <laughs> well, so be it. He has to learn how to play yeah. with that. And in this, if usually he's he plays pretty well with that, <laughs> even on that that um, that factor that coming on to him, whether he's the holding or hitting or well, whatever. Watch, watch what happens. Well, whenever, Gronk, whenever, though, like, 
like the number one thing with Gronk though is always it's going to be his health. I mean, the guy he's right. going to be he's going to be like walking with a cane when he's like forty five years old. The guy's got more metal in him than a jet plane. <laughs> like he look, look, look at Gronkowski though. Whenever there's one on one coverage, whenever there's man coverage, they are like 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 giving him a headlock, and they don't call yeah. a flag. All right, when a team goes into zone and now Gronkowski goes to the open zone where no one's around him so they can't stop him from catching the ball, and he catches the ball, then the game plan is is they basically go into a zone to to send missiles at him, and yeah. guys take him out. And so, like, the guy can't win either way. It's either, it's either like, he moves to the zone and gets clobbered, or, or if it's man coverage, unless he can smoke the guy that's on him, and they don't, that's why they put cornerbacks on him in man coverage, they don't call pass interference on him. Why would yeah. you? Why would you put a cornerback on a tight end in man coverage? It makes no sense, other than you know they're not going to throw the flag. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know what I like though. Like, obviously, as I don't a like freshman being, football I coach, I would never do that. That's rule number one. <laughs> Cornerbacks don't cover tight ends. I mean, no one can cover him though. That's like, and that's what, why. What are you going to do? You going to put a safety on him who can't cover him, or a linebacker who can't cover? I mean, he's uncoverable. You know, I you think know, the other thing too is get him healthy. He does get his fair share of calls for us, though. I mean, yeah. now, I mean, they obviously you could call holding on any every play in the NFL, but yeah. obviously yeah. a lot of them ones on Gronk are a lot more visible. But I think in the end, it ends up being we get, we don't get as a few calls that we should have. But like Kenny said too. He pushes off a ton, and it's not a like, big push. But that's what tight ends do. No, I know, but it's, it's, yeah, it, but he's like the he like if you watch him on almost every play, you can probably count a push off at some point. And and, and again, it's not a, a huge push off, but it, technically the rule is if you're extending your arm out full, it's it's a yeah. push off, and it's going to be offensive pass interference. And it's 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 hurt us a few times, yeah, too, with, yeah. with that call. No, so I, mean, I think sometimes they have to call it. Usually they don't for like the fantasy. Points, you know what I mean? Right. It's the re- same reason they don't call a lot of offensive uh, penalties that they could call. Is you know they don't want to. Um, it's always going to be against the defense. You know that's that's just the way that it's going. But right. You know I don't know like like I want to see Gronk get healthy, but at the same time I know this is a like completely separate subject. But did you see Malcolm Mitchell on Sunday? I thought like I'm so. I'm so like pumped up about Malcolm Mitchell right now. <laughs> I'm always hesitant about yeah. rookie receivers, especially with Belichick. Kimbrel Tompkins, he was pretty awesome. We'll got a no, yeah, I know game-winning that. touchdown when against we, the Saints. When we drafted him, and I like looked into him, like I liked everything I read about him, and and a lot of the people who had watched him play, they said the same thing. They also like, oh, this guy can play. Like he's not, he's not like a slouch. You know. Then why didn't he go and like then, in the top eight? No, I know. I, like, yeah, but you can say that about so many people. Like, like there are so many no, people. No, like Julio Jones when he came out of college, you knew he was going to be good. Uh, no, but he went to Georgia. Georgia's a good school. You know, like, he was just, everything I read about him looked good. And so early in the, he looked good in the preseason before he got hurt. And then, you know, when, when uh, Jimmy was the quarterback, he, I thought he looked pretty good, you know. And then Brady came back. And he was like completely like not even on the field. Like we, we didn't have to see earn him. the trust with Tom. Exactly, and like I kept kind of looking around, like, so when's this going to happen? Because he he looked good, like he looked like he was ready to play, but Tom's not using him, you know. And then Gronk gets hurt, and then what? The last three games, he's had at least two or three catches a game. He had a touchdown last week. He had what two touchdowns this week? 
Well, Hogan I mean, going down was a big thing as well. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, they, they were kind of but, almost forced see, to play But people forget that if you just start chanting Hogan, 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 he'll start to, like, shake. ba ba and like you know, and then and then someone will punch him, and then he'll like shake his head like no, and point to him and be like now now you're in trouble, you know. All right, we're, we're gonna move on, Kenny, because we yeah. want to talk about something else. Um, before you called in as well, Damien and I were talking about Westworld, and I know you love watching Westworld. Oh, dude, I'm all about that show. All right, so now <laughs> I I have this caveat. I didn't see Sonny's episode yet. It's on my DVR. I haven't watched Sonny's episode yet. But in general. I think the past three episodes were were unbelievable. I said to Damien, I thought the first two or three episodes were good, but they were a little slow. And then since after that, it's just kind of exploded. And every episode has been Thrones, really good. John? I do not watch Game of Thrones. Oh, no. you need to get into Game of Thrones. I think yeah, I'm, 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 I'm way too past that. It's What is it, like um, season I'm six? No, you've got to get into it. It's, it's, it's yeah. better than well, Westworld. Anyway, but I, mean, I just thought Westworld has just... You know, exploded and how interesting in all the developments that have taken place. Um, oh, you just wait. <laughs> you just wait, John. That's what Damien <laughs> said to me too. He said this past episode. He said the last five minutes he was just going oh! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the entire super time. Good, super good. Um, just let me preempt this by saying my my phone is dying. So if I cut out unexpectedly, that's why. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Um, no, I thought the last couple episodes have been really great. I, I mean, I when I like a show, I get like super into it and I start like analyzing it and looking for theories and stuff and so like a, a couple of things that they've revealed obviously no spoilers but a couple of things that they've revealed in the last couple episodes especially in this week's episode i had actually kind of already been like thinking that or like pushing for it um like as soon as sunday's episode ended i got like a couple of text messages from friends just saying oh dude you totally called it <laughs> yeah no um, i there were some things that I wasn't too surprised about. Like I was, it was interesting that it happened, but I was like, oh, I can, I can, I kind of see that happening. Uh, but some things, just like I was like, oh, I, I did not see that coming at all. Yeah, well, like, uh, yeah, I, I, th- I think what they're, they're playing with a lot of stuff. I feel like they're playing with the timeline a lot, and like, you don't know who is a host and who isn't. Right. And like, this is like the show is just really good. And like, if you've seen the movie um, or like read anything about like the past projects based around this, you'll know that like there are other parks in the in the world. George, there's, there's, like, there's like a there's like a, there's like a medieval world park, and then there's like a medieval, medieval park, park. and yeah. and a Jurassic Park. You know, in the future, like. Like they could spend the season here and then maybe go to a different part of the park or something. I love it. I love the HBO is like you know top of the line. You can't get better than HBO television. It's like the HBO of channels. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> um, the, my only my only gripe with Westworld is one is J.J. Abrams. So J.J. Abrams, if like everything he touches, timelines is going to be part I'm, of it. Oh, oh! In I fact, remember. in fact, there was a quote. <laughs> From Lost in the last episode. Um, See, I'm one of I'm one of the rare people you'll talk to that loved Lost, like loved the end of Lost, loved all the episodes. Oh, I liked Lost, but J.J. Abrams himself admitted that season five and six were completely pointless, and they just did it because NBC wanted wanted two the seasons. money was too good. Yeah. So now they they extended Westworld like five seasons already. Yeah. Oh, so wow. so so f- apparently from from what. From what I understand, and, and don't quote me because I don't know if I'm like 100 percent accurate, was about like three quarters of the way filming it, they extended it another another season. 
uh, before it was even released to public. And then, like, about five episodes into it, into the, like, when everybody started watching it, they, like, gave it up to five seasons. Well, I know they took forever to film this for a season because they had a lot of backlash with a lot of different things that were in it, and they had to well, they reshoot had, some stuff. And yeah, the the extras on Westworld had to sign like the most exclusive contract, like in the history of television. Like they they had to like sign a contract saying that they didn't mind like touching genitalia with each other and right. stuff. Like it was like the like the like that that's what all the backlash was. So it definitely took well, a long well, time. Well, the other to thing too it. is that. This time they actually have like real actors, you know, and actresses. Um, yeah. Like so, Anthony Hopkins and Ed Harris have other movies that they're filming, mm-hmm. and so they're saying that yeah. season two is not going to come out to 2018. I mean, even the guy that plays Bernard, um, I mean, he's like a he's a working actor. I mean, he was in the Hunger Games movies. He's been in a, a couple of different. He was in the shows. Hunger Games. What was he in the Hunger yeah. Games? He was the smart guy. He was like the oh. smart. Yeah, I think he ended up in a wheelchair by the the third movie. I think. But well, he also but played that character in Boardwalk Empire too. That everyone loved. Yeah, yeah, too. yeah. He was on Boardwalk Empire. I loved him on that. That's another That's great what, yeah. HBO show. HBO uses a lot of the same actors. Uh, yeah. But then, like you know, uh, Dolores, she's an actress, like outside of HBO. Right. Um, yeah. So whereas, like the guy you, who plays William, I, I love him. He was in House <laughs> of Cards. But, yeah, he's on House of Cards. He's on uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. He um, he played a psychiatrist on some I can't remember the name of the show, but some show about like convicts. He was like a yeah. He was uh, well, he was formerly Bud Bundy. Never uh, <laughs> 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 happened to him. No, whereas like Game of Thrones, they had all like low like low tier actors and actresses that eventually yeah. because of Game of Thrones, like now they have Became movie deals. Yeah. But this one, they they did it the other way around. And so, like, yeah, so it's... it's Which is something different. Like, you know, ten years ago, you would never see Anthony Hopkins in a TV show, no matter where it was. No. And it was well, yeah, television is, t- television has totally changed. You know, like, look at Kevin Spacey on House of Cards, and yeah. all these all these major actors are moving to television. Charlie Sheen on Two and a Half Men. <laughs> because, because of, <laughs> like, Academy yeah. Award winning but, but, Charlie But because Sheen. of HBO and Amazon and Netflix, you can do so many yeah. more different things than you could on ABC or NBC or whatever yeah. it is. And if you, like, listen to Kevin Spacey talk about like why he decided to do House of Cards on Netflix. What what he said is is like this, money. You can tell, you can t- well money yes. <laughs> you can tell I, so wish, much I wish they were honest like a Belgian money. <laughs> you can tell so much more story on a television show. You know what I mean? It's longer. It's it's yeah. like like you just get so much more out of money. it as an actor. Than, and the the than the showrunner or the writers basically have carte blanche they can do whatever they want whereas in the movie they're like well we gotta put this before a test Testing, audience yeah. and we gotta do this and do that whereas they're like edit it yeah they're yeah, and then edit if they, it in a movie and they're gonna and say alright well stuff out and yeah and then for the TV show they're like alright yeah go ahead and, and, yeah. and that's that and, and especially like on Netflix they know that alright it's not gonna get the you know 30 million viewers or 10 million viewers but it's gonna have such a huge or a huge following and like a cult following as well for all these different shows. Um, it's because obviously not everyone has HBO or Netflix yeah. or whatever it is. So HBO, I do admit, like you could buy HBO online like so easily. Oh yeah, you can yeah, HBO you Go can, now you know, for fifteen like, bucks a month, or yeah. 10 bucks a month. Yeah, and fifteen bucks a month you can binge a bunch of episodes. Right. You know, and then be done with it and do it again. But um, just yeah. not Game of Thrones because I don't I don't have any. I've watched the first episode of Game of Thrones. I was like, eh. you need about you need to go about like four or five in. 
I know most shows are like that, but dude, I just it, it's 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 a it's a show of our generation. I don't know I, I why was, you're missing out. Okay, so like I I never watched that. Um, Breaking Bad, I never I know, got into. I tried to watch Breaking Bad. I just I just couldn't get Mad into Men, it. I never got into. Yeah, I, I couldn't. Yeah, like but Game I, of Thrones see, I did, is different. I did those shows late. Game of Thrones um, is different. So, I don't know. Somebody's going to bed. Like somebody's going to bed. So oh, Ken, no, yep. I Kenny, Daddy here's a go. question. So, rumor has it today that certain a certain somebody is going to run in 2020. Did you hear about that? <laughs> I did not know. Are you going <laughs> to vote for her? Uh, who? Who are you talking about? Elizabeth Warren? No, Hillary. She's she's not going to run again, dude. Her can't. Well, that's not what her camp is saying. Yeah, I, I, there's no way she runs again. Uh, the big, the I wouldn't put it past her. No way. There's, there's no way she gets the nomination again, dude. It's not going to happen. Would How does she, well, she cheat her way to a <laughs> <this time laughs> well, She definitely could run again. I, I could. I don't think she would, but she could definitely try to throw her weight around again. But whether or not it would work or not. But so, Kenny, if who are you looking for in 2020 to run? Is it Warren? Is it Michelle Obama? Is it somebody else that you, you oh, want to run? Or is I, it just I Bernie again? The, I think. I think the Michelle Obama stuff is a joke. She, go go be a senator or something for a while and then run. But um, I, I'd love Bernie's going to be old, but obviously you almost said dead. You almost said dead. He's going to be old. I think I think it could be Elizabeth Warren. Um, what's his name? Is it Cor- Cory Booker? I think Cory Booker yeah. is a, Corey a nice. Haim. Corey He's Feldman. a good pick. But, oh, which Corey are we talking about here? We don't want to pick the wrong one. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's a, he's a, I think he's a junior senator from New Jersey. Yeah, no, that sounds about right, yeah. Yeah, no, there's, there's, uh, there's a couple of people I would hope to see go, mostly progressives, you know, anyone that is, you know, Wants to the left to promote, of Hillary. Promote, right, so now, promote socialism. If people, How about Raul Castro? Would you take him? <laughs> so, nope. so wrong. Obviously, people that have watched the show before and listened to the show know that you are a huge Bernie guy. Um, how disappointed were you when Trump won? I mean, or, or were, were <laughs> I you, don't even know if disappointment is the word. Were, you, know were you indifferent? I mean, on election night, you were going to be sad either way because either Hillary or uh, Trump was going to win, and I know you didn't like either. I'll, so I just say I was baffled. I was just I, I didn't. I was just very surprised by the election. <laughs> I'll just put it that way. I didn't. I honestly thought that it was, there was not going to be. I was surprised change. too. I'm not going to lie. I'm like Hillary's so corrupt. Like. See, I, like, at that point, it, I wasn't that surprised that he was. I thought Hillary was going to win. I knew, but Trump, it didn't was, I knew Trump was more popular than people thought. Well, no, but because, the other thing, too, is everywhere down the line, oh, there's no way he's going to win uh, yeah. Iowa. Oh, look at that. He can't win New Hampshire. Oh, well, he won New Hampshire. He's not going to win South Carolina. Oh, he's not going to win all the other states. Yeah. Uh, they're not going to let him win. And he just kept going and going yeah. and going. Bigly. And, and, then, <laughs> and then, like you said, people just didn't like Hillary for all kinds of different reasons. Yeah. And they could have picked, they could have picked anyone. Anyone else, and, and it would have been a completely different result. You know, see, I don't, I, see, I don't. See, I don't. know. Oh, yeah. No, I agree with Hillary. Yeah, Hillary is is is, is a very unlikable person. She's a nasty woman. <laughs> as Trump look, said. At, look at that! All the different things Trump said and did, and he won. Didn't yeah. get the popular vote, but he got what counted. Because of millions of illegal voters. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I mean, honestly, dude. Like this is my. This is how I felt after the election. I just felt like like so angry at the DNC for putting us in this position, you know what I mean? Because they could have, like I said, they could have picked almost anyone else. All the polls said 
that Bernie was going to be the much better person to run against Trump. And they just, they, everyone ignored it, and they just went, it, it was her turn to run. Two old and they New York all, men yelling at each other. They all decided that it was her turn, <laughs> and that she was going to be the nomination before any of this even started. And yeah. that was their mistake. I think they need to fire everyone they can at the DNC and just try and build this thing up over the next couple of years. And, you know... They need to be more progressive. They need to be. Oh, I, I would hope. I would hope that this causes a schism amongst the Democratic Party. Uh, uh, yeah, they because need to, Trump they is need causing to be... a schism in, in the Republican, and I feel, I feel every now and then, nature has a way of sending a forest fire to clear the dead brush. <laughs> well, I mean, and I think for both parties, it would be beneficial for everybody. Well, I think that really could, because I mean, yeah. certainly a ton of Republicans don't like Trump. No, certainly not. And it's it, up and down the line. Never I know mind a certain just... Republican in, in Arizona that wrote in Paul Ryan. Interesting. You know? But I me, mean, up and down the line, whether it's you know just random people that are Republicans or elected officials don't like Trump and don't want didn't want him the to be jealous there. of the God Emperor. Well, they very well maybe now. <laughs> but I mean, it, it'd be interesting, like you say, it could just be like, all right, it's the complete takedown of both parties, um, or there's going to be a, a split somewhere, or maybe the people will be fighting for a third party or a fourth party to come in yeah. and get more. Interesting, you know. It, I think the What's other thing too. <laughs> if, if the libertarians had a, a candidate that would have had known what Aleppo was and could have named a world so leader, the Shriners meet. <laughs> if, if he could have named a couple of those different things, I mean, you look back at now, it's like, oh, well, it didn't matter. But maybe it did matter a lot yeah. that people are like, oh, well, this guy doesn't know who that is. If they had run somebody. that had switched I think over. The problem with that, though, here's the problem with that, though, is like. Like the way I look, like libertarian, like libertarians are just failed Republicans. No, like, that's what the liberty. No, that's the no, way I look Kenny, at it, man. It's, that's no. Yeah, you're no, still just voting for a Republican. That's an opinion, Kenny. That's an opinion you have. <laughs> that's what he said. <laughs> that's what he said. Okay. That's what he said. I but, think that that's what I, they are. Well, some facts is that they're not because they they believe in some things that are very much against the Republican Party. Usually, all the social issues they go with Democrats but, with. Most, and most most independents, from what I know, <laughs> lean lean left. Most most independents tend to be well, you, liberal. Kenny, you live in Massachusetts. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's why. This is true. This is true. Um, I just I think if, if Trump, I just don't I just don't see any real like I don't see a lot of the independent voters going that way. I just don't. I, I think if if they had had a serious candidate, no, I don't want to say. Um, Johnson wasn't a serious candidate, but some well, he was and he wasn't. He actually said, all right, I, "I'm a governor of a state. I have a former governor running as my my, as my I campaign." Smoke weed except when they start started running for president. Well, whatever some <laughs> of those different things, but again, some of those different social issues, like oh yeah, fine, I don't care about weed, whatever. Yeah. A lot of people are like, all right, fine, neither do I. You know, I mean. And that doesn't bother people, you know. You well, know I'll, what you I'll do in your own time is your own thing. For most libertarians, like you know, whatever that's that's your business. I shouldn't get in control of whether you want to. Well, yeah, I mean, on, on social issues, they have they have the right attitude. You know what I mean? Like it's not like let's stay out of it. Let's let you handle your own life. It's when you start looking beyond that stuff and you look at like their tax plans and and the policy ideas and the the. Stuff they want to cut as soon as they take over. I just like I like I said. I I wanted to get behind Johnson after Bernie was out, but once I looked at his policy and like like really dug into what he was going to be about, I was like, 
no way. There's no way I'm going to vote for this guy. In going back to the popular vote, I'm glad that we have the Electoral College. Because at the rate the the California is growing, right, if we go by popular vote, California is going to begin to, like, dictate the presidency. And they're going to be like, why are we funding snow, like, snow plows? Like, we don't need, right. I don't see any snow out here. Like, you, you know, it's like, it's things like that. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, the Electoral College is is what it is for a reason. See, the other reason why, like, you know, cities, cities have way more population than suburbs, you know, and cities do want big government. Big government runs cities. So, of course, they're going to tend to vote a certain way, you know. It just, it does make it fair. Well, I mean, when you look at it, and you can see, like, you know, the coasts pretty much voted blue, and everything in between was red. Yeah. And, and you know, it's, again, if, if you did it the other way around. Except, except cities, because, like, Well, yeah, you I mean, know? If, if you go to Minnesota, yes, Minneapolis was blue, but then yeah. the rest of the state was red for the most part. Yeah. You know, or, or other I, different you know, places. Want to know was blue? Go to any, any, any city... That that um um relies on like a train system, and they're going to vote blue, right? Because they want big government. Because you need big government. You need like them to make the trains run on time, as Mussolini would say. Um, mm. But you go anywhere else where people are like self reliant, and it goes red. Um, I mean, like in this election, especially because the people on the put together is purple. Yeah, the <laughs> people in the people in Wisconsin and Pennsylvania and Ohio. They weren't buying what Hillary was selling. They didn't want to vote for another establishment candidate. Especially in all those places that voted for Obama in in um, eight and twelve, yeah. didn't vote for her this time around. Yeah, she's just she wasn't so likable. So yeah, so, and the, it goes those those rural or, uh, rural um, counties that voted for him. I, I like, again, you know what, to be honest, were, those were the places where Bernie was getting the most yeah, response. The, the reason know, why people was, like Bernie is that he had integrity. You know, Hillary, Hillary, what in Ohio says she goes, okay, I'm a centrist. There, I admit it. And then two days later on the debate for the Democratic debate, I'm a progressive. Like, yeah. lady, we have you on tape, like saying, yeah, like, I'm a centrist. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's why every Bernie was real. And like Bernie, Bernie really goes, I'm a progressive no matter where he is. Yeah, yeah, but it doesn't matter because you know Trump. I don't know how many times Trump you heard him say something on the, you know, I, I want to build a wall. No, I'm not going to build that big of a wall. Or you know, there are other different issues that he's going to build. No, I'm not going to lock her up. Billions. Well, you know what? Yeah, he's not going to lock her up. I think going back to that now with Hillary in this recount, and this is politics aside. Even though it's about politics, <laughs> but like, so you have to, you got to realize, like, they probably had some kind of agreement when Trump won. They were like, "All right, dude, you're the president of the United States, okay? Yeah, take a seat. Yeah, you." Obama might probably was like, "Look, you know, let's go to to the Oval Office." And Obama sat on the other side of the desk and said, "All right, go ahead, see what that feels like." You know, look around about the dudes that sat in this chair. Okay, you're not gonna go. You're not gonna be a tyrant. And put Hillary in jail because she lost. That's what tyrants do. Okay, yeah, he wasn't going to do that anyway. With Probably that, with not. Obama, yeah. I mean, a lot of that's just you know but, campaign. But you, you gotta, you, I, I feel that the, the gravity, the weight of the position, like you, you, you rise above things, you know. But here she goes with that recount. Like now, you're like you're personally like going after somebody. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes. You know what? I am going to put 
put somebody on you. But, but that's the thing, like, you know, like when Saturday Night Live came out and, you know, attacked Trump, when, uh, oh, no, I'm sorry, it was when um, the cast of Hamilton came out and attacked Pence when he was there. Yeah. He's like, you know, all they, you know uh, Broadway should be a safe place to go when you yeah. go for a show. I'm like, what does that mean, a safe place? You yeah. know, it's like, you know, they should be apologizing. Isn't it's that like, what the millennials cares? want? Well, that's what I, I mean, that's well, the most hilarious contradiction of the entire Trump thing, man, is he's the tough guy. He's the tough guy who shoots from the hip, and he... No, that was W. He, he's not PC. <laughs> You're getting your Republicans he's, confused. He's, he's not PC. He's the anti-PC candidate. That's what I heard throughout the well, whole yeah, thing. Yeah, but now he's right, president. Right. Anytime anyone makes a joke, he takes him to court, or, you know, like, the, what happened to Mike Pence, he gets his, he gets all upset and goes on a rant on Twitter, and it's like, this well, guy isn't tough. What he's Pence, thin-skinned. What Pence, he, sued, he sued Bill Maher because Bill Maher made a joke. Well, no, 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 no. But see, now, you get, now you're getting into a p- political platform, Kenny. Well, and I said, a lot of but, this stuff, but, though, I think is just Trump wants to be in the headlines. And now, we'll, so that's, yeah. yeah, I mean, and, so that's why he did all that but, stuff but, before. But everybody wants to be in the headlines. That's how no, you but, win the presidency. But, no, but like, before Trump was running for president, he was doing that anyway because he just wanted to be in the headlines. Yeah. And maybe this was all his big, huge scheme from 20 years huge away. Huge plan. Yeah, and maybe he was planting the seeds for way, way down the line. And he knew, all right, I'm going to be a big TV star so people know who I am yeah. and then I'm going to do these different things I'm going to throw up that I might run for he president he knows what he's doing so, but what Pence should have said in Broadway he should have looked at the guy playing Hamilton and just stared at him quietly for a little bit and said you know last time Hamilton went after a VP he caught a bullet in the ribs <laughs> that is true <laughs> I know. is what happened Hamilton went after the, the, vice, the sitting vice president and ended up in a duel and he lost yeah, true story. So, well, anyway, uh, Kenny, we'll let you go because we, we hear it's bedtime there, or pretty soon. It looks he's <laughs> sounding like, and we want, want you to phone to die. Uh, so, anyway, we want to thank you for calling in, talking some Pats and politics and TV and whatever it might be. Real one other thing, real quick thing: Bourbon Bowl twenty. Do you think we should be getting T-shirts, trophies, or none of the above, or all of the above? Oh, his phone must have died. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I looked into the rings, and they're nineteen ninety nine for uh, for like buying. <laughs> That's funny. I asked him the question, his phone dies. <laughs> so I, I saw that you had sent me that thing about that. So again, for, uh, Bourbon Bowl is this annual tradition we've had playing football the day after Thanksgiving, and this year it really came down to the bottom of the barrel. Uh, there was only eight of us there, nine of us for a very short time. Um, so next year, the 20th year, we're hoping to make it a, a real big deal and you know get the original cast of characters back. And anyone who's ever played is certainly welcome and you know get commemorative T-shirts or something like that. But um, So Damien is already in the planning process now to make sure that we get more than 10 people <laughs> there next year. We're going to get it. It's going to go on a bang. This will be the last one. So we were talking about the, the peak – of Bourbon Bowl had to have been it was either ten or eleven when we had we had to have thirty thirty five people yeah we were playing in Medford yeah um, and we had two games going on at one time yeah and it was just I, I don't know if we had what like eight on eight or nine on nine or something yeah silly like that playing um, that was the peak yeah probably and then here and there we would still get decent crowds. Uh, but the past couple of years, it's been a little tough to get Sporadic. people. Now, do you think the biggest thing is because we say we're playing tackle? 
It's or is it just because people are ah, yes. whatever? It, you know what it is? It's it's because we're playing tackle and and <laughs> nobody has the cojones to say I don't want to play tackle except me. You know, I, well, I agree with you this year. I, I agree am with a you this football year. official and a football coach, and I know that, we, that grown men looking or past forty shouldn't be playing tackle football. No, I agree with you this year. I agree with you, and I think everyone that played this year was like, yeah, I had a lot more fun. Like, you know, if we had time to talk to Kenny still, he said, you know, I thought it was cool because I could go up for a pass and not, and not get clocked. And not worry about getting my head knocked off. And not that it was – that happened too often, well, then, but it, it did. And it's also like, like you know, like Walter Sider play, you know, and like no one's going to catch him unless like Brewster or something, you know. Right. And But even still, like if a guy has a full head of steam and he has an angle, like – to, to tackle as opposed to pull a flag is very different, you know? Right. Um, Kenny's phone did die. He just confirmed that. Yeah. But so. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. But next year, it's it's all or nothing. T-shirts, I'm going to soon probably in, like, maybe the summer, um, I'm going to put out a T-shirt that you pay online. Yeah, do it through um, – uh, Custom ink, right? Yeah. Yeah, you can pay for it like that, yeah. And I, I might add a couple bucks to the price that it would go to function room and potential, like, I don't know, certificates. I think we all should get a trophy. <laughs> They're like three ninety nine. I don't know why, like... I don't want a trophy, though. No? You just want a t-shirt? I think a t-shirt's better off, yeah. All right, then you get a t-shirt. I'm going to make my own trophy. Well, that's that's perfectly fine. Okay, so now, that's the other thing. Do, do people, are they responsible for bringing their own trophy to be awarded that day? I'm going to bring my own. And so, I, might right, make, so, I might make one for Seth because he's not going to watch it. I'm going to make um, the the Bourbon Bowl MVP of shameless self-promoting. <laughs> and I'm going to make him that trophy. Could there be a tie with yourself, though, on that? I'm not a – when was I a self-promoter? Uh, fair enough. And, uh, and then, you know – uh, you know, but that, that's why I think if we have a couple. Like you, you're you're going to get an Iron Man award if you play because you you would have played in every bourbon in every one. Ever. See, so do you think we should just say, all right, whoever comes, come? That's that's perfect. If you want a trophy, bring your own trophy, and we have a master of ceremony. And there's just like a piece of paper on it, and it just says Damian Richie, and they have to take the paper off, and then it will it will then say what the trophy's for. Well, I don't know. I I think I think we should we should get a couple silly trophies. Like, um, is both cameras off or just one? Oh, just one's off. It's focused. Yeah, I'm going to push this in here. Good, yeah. good, good reading, Damien. Okay. Well, you continue to talk. I'll make sure everything looks okay. So I would, I would say that we, we, like, you know, the Seth for the shameless MVP, like, like shameless self-promotion. Is that good? Yeah, we should be okay. All right. We'll, we'll wrap this up. Um, you know, you should get an Iron Man award. Yeah. Something like that. Uh, maybe Chris and I like the, the concussion award, <laughs> like two trophies, and we p- can put together and they're the like magnets, like um, you know, like uh, you know, something like something like Chris Dowler broken ribs on a <laughs> on a football, closest to dying during like worst ball. quarterback, you know, silly things like that. Possibly, and, and maybe I don't and know. Nobody maybe... wants to really play against you, Walter. Award. So, so maybe what we should do is we should just go out and get those like mini football helmets and dip them in gold, and then just like give them to somebody like that instead of like, an actual trophy. I think a little trophy. Well, I'm I'm making a trophy for myself, <laughs> the real MVP MVP. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, maybe like I if I'm not a shameless self promoter, but I would say I, I probably ripped more jerseys 
than anyone in Bourbon Bowl history. I still wish I had my Jerry Rice jersey. A from... lot of people wish they had their jerseys. <laughs> <laughs> I should have collected all the ones I ripped. I swear yeah. to God, I went through about like uh, you could probably average, and I probably ripped a jersey uh, a Bourbon Bowl. Yeah, for quite a while, so you like, definitely did. Yeah, some years I ripped like two or three. Yeah. Um, you know, so like I might have like nineteen jerseys. You're like claws that you were going in to get with people. Yeah, like uh, so yeah, silly ones like that. All right, uh, real quick. Yeah, did you enjoy your Thanksgiving? Um, I did. Yeah, it was very thank- thankful. Well, that's good. I'm glad yeah. I enjoyed my Thanksgiving as Christmas well. Christmas pregame, I call it. Christmas pregame. Thanksgiving for me ends. Um, it, it transitions into happiness with Melissa and, and myself. <laughs> football is is done. Yep. And then high school football is done. High school football yeah. is done. And if you don't know at home, I I coach and ref, and so you know. And then Sundays I have to watch the Patriots. So it's very much a part of our life. Like I said, from August until Chris, Thanksgiving Day. Right. And even Thanksgiving morning, she has to like get the girls ready and. You know, cook and my wife knows that too. Yeah, because I'm out. Yeah, because you film the games. You know, um, so it's over. She's happy, and then I'm happy because Christmas season starts, and I love Christmas. Interesting. Though I still feel that we should move Christmas to January 25th because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Jesus, like, if you want to get when Jesus was born, he's probably born in June. Like, no, seriously. <laughs> but, but so, but why January 25th? Because Christmas kind of starts Christmas. Christmas Day is like the beginning of winter. And so after that, like, nobody cares about New Year's Day. Like, that's only, like, when you're, like, 23. Yeah. You know? And there's no decorations for it and stuff. So after that, it's, well, get ready for winter and darkness and cold and snow. So you think we should have a two-month Christmas season instead of a one-month Christmas yeah, season? Yeah, I think it should, I think we should extend Christmas. Now, Ugh. can you imagine the middle of January, like, some snow and, like, the wreaths up with the snow on the wreath? It'll look pretty. It'll get you through like the like the miserable part of winter and the you're doldrums like, of winter. Yeah, and you're like, "Hey, Christmas is coming," you know. Like in Game uh, of Thrones, like winter is coming. <laughs> see, like, I, you're I, like, "Christmas is coming." I, I don't I don't mind where it is. I think it's fine where it is. I feel like we do. It's like Thanksgiving and boom, four weeks we have Christmas. It's like now, I don't have time. Do you celebrate Christmas? Is December twenty sixth the end of Christmas for you? Yeah, it's depressing. I wake up. All right, well, you do know that's that's the second I, day of Christmas. Because there are twelve days of Christmas beginning on the twenty fifth. I don't. Th- that's that's malarkey. Okay. <laughs> All right. So my wife, that's the one thing she cannot stand is that on the twenty sixth, people say Christmas is over. She's well, like, it's there are twelve days of Christmas first of all, ending wife, on the your Epiphany. Wife, your wife is Roman Catholic, okay? Yes. As am I. Yes. All right. Um. So she's she's rocking through the Epiphany, which is like an Eastern Orthodox leftover. Yeah. So what she needs to be doing is like following the advent calendar, you know, like we did in the young Richie household. And you move baby Jesus that much closer <laughs> to the manger until <laughs> Christmas morning. Boom. Look, he, there he is. <laughs> like you set it up like, you know, 40 inches away and you move him over like one inch each day. You don't do elf on the shelf, do you? No, but I think we're going to have to because like, oh. all the other kids talk about it. I also like have this elaborate plans of like, building a little manger like nativity set yeah you know with the kids which is dumb because like they you know they can't even control their bowels like how, how are they gonna like help me 
<laughs> and then I went to go look at like the prices of the little and the tip because I'm like, well, I can't just build a manger. I need to like, because what if I build it and then they're like 12 inches tall? And it's like, I'm right. Trying to explain to the girls like, yeah, Jesus was born in like. Like under a porch somewhere. Just <laughs> 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 born under a back deck where we put the trash can. Yeah. Not a lot of headroom. Um, so I'm like, okay, I should get the figures first and then make it. Make the manger. From yeah. That. You know, like cock glue and all that stuff. But those figures are like pricey now. So we bought, um, I forget. I'm going to wait till like after Christmas and go like. So you know. a couple of years ago, we invested essentially in a manger scene, and yeah. we added a couple pieces to it last year, and I think we're going to get a couple more. So like, to get the whole thing, it was just like, you know, I think it was like the Willow Tree doll or thing. Oh, like, those are, so yeah, you got like the, the equivalent of like the McFarland like starting lineup sports ones. <laughs> yeah, we got yeah, we, The we Willow got, Tree ones are pricey. Th- yeah, they, they definitely are, but they're nice. They're like a solid thing, Yeah, so they'll last a while, and- Teresa liked them. I thought they were fine too. Yeah. And then last year I got a couple extra things to go along with yeah. it. And then I don't think we have like the manger yet. Uh, we have. Well, you I know, have to get the willow tree manger to go with it. Well, yeah, and that and that's that's pricey. And that's, that's sold in pieces. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think I think the the base set that we had was just. Uh, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. I don't think there was anything yeah. else in that. I could be wrong. Uh, and then last year we got uh, like an ox, a lamb, and. Well, a, why do you need the shepherds? Or like that. Why do you need the shepherds? Like <laughs> maybe they, that came with it too. I don't remember. Yeah, but. The, like the shepherds like came by. I'm like, hey, we heard there's a party. Like, <laughs> like, they, like after that, that was it. Like they didn't do anything. Now I could be wrong, but I think tonight Rudolph is on. Will you watch Rudolph? We watched it uh, on DVD Sunday. Okay, yeah, I think I'm. I think it ended right at kickoff. So oh, excellent. Perfect. That's good. Actually, I think it's it's already on right now. I think it's started at eight o'clock. So. Not that people are knowing what time it is right now if yeah. they're watching us at home. But. So anyway, all right. Well, I think it's time to wrap up. So I, hopefully we're going to be doing this again sometime soon, be, maybe before Christmas because yeah. um, I have some free time now like here Christmas at work. Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. Perfect. That sounds like a perfect time. We're going to come to the studio and do it then. A very special so. sports night. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, thanks all for watching or listening or however you are taking part in this program. Uh, thanks for Kenny Tazzy for calling in for a little while before his phone died. He did send me a message saying, Bye-bye to all of us and to all of our fans. So uh, thanks, Kenny. Uh, so for, uh, for Damien Ritchie, my name is Jonathan Caleri. Thanks for tuning in to Sports Night. We will see you next time.